0: On this episode... So you are the demographic that watches the Blue Bloods and CSI Miami. NCIS. CSI Miami, that's (laughs) been off the air for a while. He knows! He knows instantly... how long it's been off the air because he loved that show. Well,
1: the CSI shows he had Vegas, yeah. he had New York this and, is proving C- my point. and CSI Miami he literally knows all of them. Well Miami was my favorite one because people ask well what's your favorite what's your favorite? And my favorite is CSI No
0: person under the age of 50 C- would ask that
1: CSI Miami was my this is a bit I used to do like 15 years ago
2: CSI exactly Miami relevant. when it was on.
1: Yeah. C- yeah. Well I get to do it now so shut up
2: uh, <laughs>
3: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of No Country for Middle-Aged Men. I'm your host, Mark Pearson, and this is my co-host, Adam. I don't have an insult for
0: you today. Radliff. You know that you are gotten lazy with this podcast when you don't even come up with insults anymore? Yeah. This guy gets one girlfriend, all of a sudden, all <laughs> effort has gone out the window. It's, it's getting C-level effort here, Mike. My- <laughs> It's, uh, it's been noted. C, Not like I can do anything about it. See does works. work.
3: So. C-level effort for a C-level co-host. So. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So who's the co-host?
1: I'm Mike Greo, by the way,
0: for yeah. anyone yeah. who's <laughs> hearing this imaginary voice the way you floating said that, in the air. Um, the way you said who's the co-host implies that there is a lead host and then a co-host, but by definition, we're co-hosts. Oh. So we're
3: splitting hairs now.
0: Would you say that you, <laughs> you don't? You guys
1: don't have enough hair to split. <laughs> uh, I mean, you guys put your heads together, you make an ass of yourselves. I mean, yeah, let's exactly. come on,
3: exactly. let's
0: be honest. Pretty nice ass. You're making
1: too. fun that he got a girlfriend, and the girlfriend is sitting right next to him.
0: Oh yeah, there'll be more of that. Uh, yeah. but, He's just jealous.
1: But and uh, you're gonna have to get engaged to her at some point if it gets serious. <laughs> and she works at a jewelry store. Yeah. Oh, you're so fucked. Oh yeah, yeah I know.
3: Exactly. I know. She knows
0: how much everything costs. Yeah. You're in trouble.
3: And I know no. what she'll do. She'll be like, do you, did you get it on credit? Because my business is credit-based.
0: Oh, she wants <laughs> that sale, too.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. No, she's picking out the yeah. ring and everything.
3: Yeah. $100,000 for sure.
1: No. American
2: dollars? <laughs> $100,000.
3: Diamond prices,
1: though, have... Uh, I've got a, a uh, one-carat round, mm-hmm. um, one occlusion, but it's a little black spot. And um, I had it insured for ten grand, which is the wholesale value. Mm-hmm about 20 years ago. Not anymore. <laughs> yeah. Because of the quality of diamonds, uh, they're just they're rocketing up in price. Oh, yeah? You know? And you can still get... I mean, I don't know if this is uh, going to turn into the Jewelry Hour or
0: not, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, Mark and we very and Adam. big on jewelry. Yeah. Um, I own a Swatch Watch. <laughs> uh, I thought
3: you were going to say I own a Swastika. Yeah. <laughs>
0: well, I would
1: believe that looking around here. Oh, okay, look... <laughs> Um. I live
0: below my means as a strategy to uh, be able to move quickly. I travel light. Yes, like I travel light in case I got to move quickly to opportunities. I got to show out of town. I got to be able to run. I don't want to worry about cats or large area to air condition. Or well, what are all the freezers? Are there bodies in there? Oh, uh, well, um, <laughs> So, first he t- paints a pic- an accurate picture of our baldness. Yes. And then he starts fabricating all these freezers.
3: What? There's six over there in the other room. Yeah, here you we go. You yeah. don't have a dining room. It's kind of weird. Yeah. yeah. I've never and looked they have in the names freezer.
0: on them. Like, I didn't know people named their freezers. Well, yeah, I mean, so you're, you're naming the contents. If you're not going to have pets.
3: They're all female names, too, which is kind of alarming. Yeah.
0: At least, if you're going to imply that I'm a serial killer, thanks for at least making. Me a straight serial killer, I guess. (laughs) You gave me that one little courtesy. Not a
3: John Wayne Gacy. No, or John Yeah, His
0: favorite pickup line is Does this smell
1: like chloroform? (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) So, as you may have noticed, uh, Mike's coming in hot uh, with the the, uh, insults. He's what we like to call in the business an insult card do you consider yourself that or is that
1: i i do now I, you know i got away from it i wrote an act uh, doing mostly hacky type of dad jokes it's funny i was uh, talking to barry Laminac uh saturday
0: enemy of the podcast and is he really no I'm kidding
1: uh, <laughs> and um he uh i said you know you're just a younger version of me i mean it has more high energy on stage but I said, you know what, I'm gonna go- I-, I got sick of cancel culture, and I said, I'm going to go back to my roots, and I'm going to start doing insult comedy again. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a science to it, too. I mean, first of all, it has to come from a position of you don't want, I, I-, I don't want to say the word offend, because you're there to offend people, right. but it's in a way that they feel comfortable making fun of themselves and they're okay. And sometimes you lose when you do it. Uh, Hinchcliffe is probably a perfect example of how <laughs> not to do. Yeah. He just mean, I mean, that isn't, uh-huh. you know, that isn't how you're supposed to do it. Right. It's, it's just, uh, it's just that Don Rickles never did that. You always knew that he really liked you. If he insulted you, you wanted to be insulted by right. him. Yeah. And there's a way that, that, you know, there's a psychology behind that.
0: He also delivered it in a very different way than Hinchcliffe's recent, Incident. Rickles was more like, like, uh, just kind of goofy. It was kind of like, didn't seem like there was a whole lot of malice behind it. Right, there is no malice because there wasn't malice. (laughs) You you know,
1: forty years I've been looking in the jungle for you. You know, when you do an Asian voice and it'd be stupid and you'd laugh, and uh, uh, but he would never use, you know, call somebody a chink. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, there is nothing funny about that. It was pretty. There was nothing funny
0: about that 50 years ago. And it's not funny today either.
1: Right.
4: It's just
0: not funny. Uh, it's dumb is right, what it yeah. is. Uh, thought, what could possibly have been going through his mind to think that that was a good idea? Uh,
1: you know i don't know i
0: i watched um billy d
1: washington i'm just going to drop names until That's the podcast's yeah. over and you Sounds throw good. up but yeah. uh so billy d posted so
0: you've listened to the episodes before now. yes i have yeah
1: <laughs> uh, so billy d uh dropped uh put in the the roast of Sno- snoop Dogg and put hinchcliffe's set in there uh-huh. and you're going okay those jokes are okay but he's never pausing to say hey i really love you guys and You have to do that because now at some point it just gets, there's no shock value to it. You're not resetting the audience. So it's just, again, setting the uh, political correctness part of it aside, it becomes unfunny after a while because you just... You, you you what's going through your mind is even as a comedian is he's just going too far now he should have stopped mm-hmm. and said something nice for a minute and then go right back he could have stole all the same jokes just pause for 10 seconds say a couple of nice things or make fun of yourself for a minute right. and then go on right keep it more real and right. he doesn't do that so we'll, and that's why he gets in trouble I right
0: think. so let's take 10 seconds real quick where rayo says some nice things about us. Go. I got to say nice things about you? (laughs) Now we Uh, stumped him. I'm kidding.
2: (laughs) Yeah,
1: you got... well, it, she's definitely a real girl, so
0: is, uh, um, you know. Because I was, you know, if you're wondering, he was talking about uh, Mark. Mark is transitioning right now. It's, we're trying be to we're, transitioning. We're trying to be to, uh, to supportive what? here. I see the scars on his neck from where they took the bolts out. He transitioning to a human being from yeah. close enough. Yeah, I would have go something a little of, that went into his uh, primate ness because he's the hairiest mother fucker i ever seen but but yep. uh except the top of his head right?
3: yeah it's the cruelest joke of all
0: <laughs> yeah it is
1: well i have i'm going down swinging though right i just comb my hair straight back but i have uh actually you probably have more hair than i do even though it's shaved uh you nah, not a chance uh but no, no i uh,
3: shave every day <laughs> yeah but uh
1: my granddaughter you know i'm driving and was this a number of years ago she's like three years old and She's sitting in the back seat, in her car seat, because I'm a good grandpa. Mm -hmm. And she goes, Poppy. She goes. You got a hole in your hair. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Your mother
0: gave it to me. Ask her. About I thought it. you were just gonna say your mother. I was like Jesus.
3: <laughs> <laughs> talking to that, this girl. That's how than? he is practicing his yeah. insult comedy. Yeah. <laughs> no.
0: Oh, she's
1: she's an insult queen. This girl. She's 12 now. And when she was five, she um, I'll get to the insult comedy in a minute. But she is five, and she uh, she looks up at me at Christmas time, and she goes, Poppy. By the way, I'm Italian, so that's it's or poppy. It's not some like okay.
0: You feel like you had to explain no, it no. I have
1: to because people are going, "I poppy," the guy's a pedophile or something. I'm not. Uh, she goes, "Poppy is uh, is Santa Claus your brother?" And I'm like, "All right, I'm fat. If you haven't, uh, hopefully, this podcast will come with at least one still picture of me. Hopefully, the pregnancy shot." Um, yeah. and i which I actually well, did. I with the belt, yeah. That's 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 the trademark, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, she goes, uh, I'm thinking, I'm right, I'm fat, I got a beard, I pay for everything. It's Christmas time. Where did brother come from, honey? Okay, honey, what makes you think I, I'm not Santa Claus? And she laughs uh-huh. and she goes, and she points right at me, she goes, Poppy, Santa Claus is not that fat. <laughs> and, uh, oh man, oh, ow, ow,
2: she's cutting ow. deep. Here.
1: and uh now the bad part is i did the joke because it's a it's a good tv joke i did the joke yeah. on tv and um no name dropping here she's doing the name dropping now she's 12
2: uh-huh. whenever
1: she brings new people over the house she goes right to the roku box and looks up <laughs> the video clips so she can show people yeah. i wrote that joke for my mommy, <laughs> you know, cool. yeah. and she actually asked for money for it at one time and yeah I gave her $50 because I'm no thief. Smart uh, kid. No, I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I steal jokes all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so no, back to insult comics. So what I, What happened was um, I uh, was doing a show with Billy D. again, name dropped for the second time, and there's one more coming, and uh, and uh, Rich Williams had this thing at my bar, right? Mm-hmm. And it was like the first week or second week, and he goes, hey, do you want to open for Billy D? I I said, guys, I haven't seen him since we had a mutual friend. That's how I met him. And uh, uh, who had passed away and uh, a Touche Jackson. So I said, yeah, I'd love to come out. So I came out, did the show, destroyed. And I, that's when I just decided um, I'm going to do nothing but crowd work. But it's, if you've ever seen me perform, it, it seems very natural. Mm-hmm. Almost every joke has been written before. Some of them get written on stage, but most of the time they're not. But they, mm-hmm. it feels that way to the audience, right? Right. That it's all spontaneous. So it's funny very funny and I'm destroying and I'm like way over my time. And I'm like, Hey, and they're just going, keep going. Right. And then Billy goes up and does a set, comes back, slaps me on the leg, which if you know him, if he gives you a hard slap on the leg, you did a good job. Mm-hmm. It's like a basketball slap, you know? Uh, so then the next night I am uh, doing uh, a show at uh, Phil and Derek's mm-hmm. and Billy D's hosting, uh, and i'm featuring and koo's a headliner and uh i went up and i did the same thing and like who's sick of cancel culture everybody screams and i'm like this is good uh-huh. Right. Because if everybody, because their political persuasion can't be the same as mine. Right. Right. We have, I think if people listen to each other, they realize they have way more in common than they don't. Um,
0: I thought that too before I met Mark. And yeah. That I learned, no, it's kidding. just you Honestly, and me. Yeah. Well, the swastika
1: <laughs> mobile in the middle of your living room is, uh, is a Look, dead that giveaway. Is a,
0: that is a very old family and, um, design that has nothing to do with the. Uh, Let's watch it. Everyone knows. I'm kidding. I got (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, this real quick. (laughs) (laughs) No,
1: but I mean, I went and I destroyed the room. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just, uh, just annihilated the room. And uh, I'm like, well, if it works here. And again, I didn't, I got a little political, but not very. And they laughed and I made fun of everybody and it was fine. And um, granted, the audience was a little bit older. So mm-hmm. people are more used to that. They mm-hmm. don't cry when you. So you that's what jump. I'm worried about. Is I'm going to go in front of a room of a bunch of uh, twenty and thirty somethings, and they're just going to, you know, they're they're going to be sad, and <laughs> yeah. uh, they're going to need psych psychological help. And I'm going to be on uh, MSNBC as the uh, as the next Tony Hinchcliffe or something. Yeah,
0: <laughs> you'd have to be trying pretty hard uh, to get to that level, but. I haven't seen, like, so. I've been, I've to shows all the time. I haven't seen a ton of this outright, just like audiences losing it. The closest I saw was not that long ago. And a comic on stage was at Rudd's, which you can't see anything past no. the first, second row at Rudd's. Like you're blinded. And um, he, had, I guess he thought he saw like a group of women come in uh, that was uh, laughing a lot. So he was trying to talk to them and he was saying, Ladies, and they're like, "No, not ladies." And they were like, "I guess somebody yelled out like non-binary," and he, I guess, I assume he didn't hear it, so he kept call- referring to them as ladies. Uh, so they all got up and left uh, when his set ended. They were all pissed off, but that's the only, the only thing. Probably coming
1: in after their drag show, it's right? Possible. And he screwed up. Uh, that,
0: I've seen was, that happen.
1: Yeah, uh, doing a show many many years ago. And and again, you hear the Canadian style down here. Well, I'm from Syracuse, New York, mm-hmm. which is Canada, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> except we get more snow. Uh, but I was doing a show in Cortland, New York, and a guy gets out there and he's, he does impressions and they're pretty good. And he does this whole thing that the, the Wizard of Oz is a drug movie and he does all the characters. It's very funny. Mm-hmm. But before that, he's doing a whole bunch of gay jokes and they're kind of mean.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And uh, he's in... Um, uh, Ithaca, New York. I'm sorry, not Cortland. That was the next night. We were about to fact check that. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. it was a little tour. You do Ithaca, <laughs> Cortland, Binghamton, uh, Oneonta. You know, it's all uh, places Adam's anyway. never been or will be. Yeah. yeah it's, I don't uh, give
0: a shit about college basketball. I'll never go to any of these. It's. Cities.
1: It's. They, these are college. These, these yeah. are college shows. Right. And there's a very big gay community in Ithaca. And a lot of them were at the show. And he's like, I mean, you got to know who your audience is right. and, mm-hmm. and there. And again, I, jokes that are offensive are offensive for a reason. I mean, you should never punch down at anybody mm-hmm. except, you know, the people that are way above you or that are way above the public in general. So, you know, if you punch down at um, Trump or Biden Well, not Biden. What could you possibly
0: make fun of about him? Biden, you know, first hundred year, first, first yeah,
1: comic from Detroit uh, said it best. (laughs) I heard him. uh, He was opening up for Chris Kattan, another name drop, and um,
0: (laughs) you can have that name. Yeah. yeah.
1: (laughs) So he's opening for Chris Kattan. Actually, I was opening for Chris Kattan, but he went up and he goes, "Can we all?" He goes, "I don't want to get too political here, but can we all agree?" This is a black comic, by the way, from Detroit. Because can we all agree that Joe Biden died four years ago? Huge (laughs) laugh, right? And uh, I'm like, wow. So everybody understands. So you can punch down at the elites because that's what they're there for, as far as I'm concerned. They're rich. They have lived different lives than we do. They don't understand us anyway. So who cares? I don't mind punching down at them. But punching down at at groups, it just doesn't feel right. Right, you can make fun of a group and, and and celebrate it at the same time. I mean, the only group I punch down on are um, there's there's safe groups to punch down on: uh, white middle aged conservatives. Yeah, because <laughs> um, I'm in the audience a lot, and it seems like it's okay to make fun of me,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, meanly. But and, it and seems uh, like
0: and homophobes, <laughs> uh, uh, Any which intolerant are intolerant f- person, should be easy to punch down on, or not uh, even punch yeah. down. But yeah. Yeah. Wow. Let me do the jokes. Uh, (laughs) Just kidding. Uh, No, I'm not.
1: Uh, No, it's just uh, it just seems a little bit strange that um, that what the rules are. But you talk about we're non-binary. Okay. Mm hmm. But well, what about the, and I, I was on another podcast, uh, um, Polar Bear. Do you know him? John Gonzalez, he's blown up. He's huge. Hmm. He tours all over the country, new name drop. And, um, and you know, this, this Zim and Zur and they and what pronoun people want to be. You know, these are third person. I, somebody actually came up to me, a comedian, um, a, a woman comedian. She goes, I don't like to be called her or she. I like to be called they. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, here's the problem. It's a third-person pronoun, which means I'm only going to use it when you're not here. And when you're not in the room because of what you just told me, I'm going to use a lot of different pronouns that you're not going to like very much (laughs) because it's dumb. I'm old. I'm 62 years old. I'm never going to remember what you want. I'm going to have a Rolodex in my head (laughs) of what people are going to be called and uh, and what I'm supposed to be doing. I can't remember it. I, I the, the pronouns I learned in the third grade, I got an A, and I'm going to keep using those, and I'll be dead soon. You guys can do whatever you want, <laughs> but I'm not changing for you. I'm not going to do it. And if it offends you because I said he or she, instead of she or that, I, I can't worry about that. Nor should you. Who the heck are you that insecure in yourself <laughs> that you care what some stranger says or accidentally drops the whole pronoun, wrong pronoun? It's, it's sad.
2: People-
0: yeah, I blame it on the parents. I blame it on the parents and the grandparents have been fucking up for too long, and then my generation's having to suffer through. No, I'm kidding. That's my favorite thing to do to my boss is he's like a, he's probably roughly your age, and and um, he'll go on these rants about people of my generation, this, that, and the other. And every time I was like, yeah, I just blame it on the parents. They were too soft. And they just let us do whatever we wanted. And, um, but yeah, this is a it's a weird time, but. I feel like we got, the pendulum's got to swing back the other way eventually. When? Right, right after you die. Literally the day after um, we have a meeting scheduled.
1: You know that Rayo guy? Uh, yeah. They just had a you know national uh, a day of mourning and funeral for him. And you know, he was right. They played some of his clips. And you know, he was right. We got to get back to that. That's what's going to happen.
0: Now that you can't benefit from any of these thoughts, right. this is when we'll all adopt them all. Nah. It'll be a name worth remembering. That's, that's funny. Wait, a name worth remembering. I
3: already remember his name from the pasta sauce label at Kroger.
1: Ray: right. uh. <laughs> That's right. That is uh, my family, although I do not profit from that. They, uh, they came here in the 1800s. Mm-hmm. Just some Clef Claven trivia here for you, for all you Cheers fans. And uh, they, they came here in the 1800s, late 1800s, uh, just after the Civil War, and, um, and settled in Harlem. So that which,
0: didn't even help with that go on?
1: No, no, no. <laughs> And uh, it was uh, Harlem was they in- were
0: on the fence. <laughs> yeah. side they waited it out and then made the fence.
1: Hey, yeah. the biggest mass lynching in the United States uh-huh. was a bunch of Sicilians, right? right? Yeah, so yeah, but they uh, don't count. Uh, count. We were our own group. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, the, even the Italians don't like Sicilians. Yeah, I'd
0: love to hear Italians complain about how hard they got it. Let's say, let's hear this for an hour. Best
1: food, best oh, best culture. Guy. Just Google it. I mean Google lies all the time, but not about this. You put in <laughs> if you put in you know, if you just Google best culture, best culture in history, culture. Italy always comes up first. I'll best you- food, Italy always I'll comes up first. Always. Right.
0: I'll give you food best culture though well
1: sure we were the we were we dominated the world yeah, ex- the western we were world. dominated
0: <laughs> invaded non-stop country after country forced their beliefs well, on do you, well
1: including sicily, including including r- sicily, r- uh, sicily you <laughs> know sicily became part of italy and no most people aren't aware of this like oh sicily's always been part of italy no yeah. not <laughs> until the mid-1800s it was a kingdom uh, it was conquered by everybody because yeah. look where it is geographically yeah, it's impossible to defend it So, even more
0: impossible to defend their culture. As I was saying, (laughs) A bunch a wonderful. Of mobsters. Place. No. Okay. Oh, stop. I, am I wrong?
1: mobsters. <laughs> Look, I got a ring uh, on my left pinky, so shut up.
2: Yeah, Exactly.
0: Uh, <laughs> point proven.
2: Here. All right.
1: My gang. It bigger. came
0: with a bottle of wine. This has you're, never happened. You're happening. a
1: couple of skinheads, but, <laughs> yeah,
2: but uh,
0: <laughs> We can do a little commercial.
1: My gang's bigger than
0: yours. No, no, I. Italy is on my bucket list of places to go. Um, specifically, Rome, but cause I, like a, I like a lot of Roman history. Do you? But, it's uh,
1: all. I mean,
0: Rome is
1: um, mostly now, um, you know, um, tourists. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, but uh, if you want to understand Italy, you have to go through Sicily because Italy's ancient it culture. Me. Italy's ancient culture came from Sicily, yeah. even Italy's uh, after the Dark Ages. Italy's culture came from Sicily. So most of the cultural appropriation came from the Greeks originally, mm-hmm. and then uh, uh, f- from the Sicilians um, through, um, uh, through the Moors who invaded. My father's village is named Ali, A-L-I. It's a mm-hmm. Muslim uh, name. There was a... The, the, um, the temple that is uh it's a it's a church or a basilica now uh, where, you know it's uh now she's it's throwing out big words no yeah <laughs> uh, ox- well, basilica if you don't know what that is then well, you're in trouble you know i mean the people with the microphones don't understand but the one audience member actually <laughs> oh, gets <yeah>. it because <laughs> yeah, yeah. she works at a jewelry store uh so <laughs> I, um, uh, and, and, and she, I'm just talking Muslim versus Jewry. So, um, oh, okay. that's a horrible uh, joke. Cut <laughs> that. You edit this, right? Please. Cut Not that at that all. Actually, <laughs> That's going to be the, that's going to
0: be the lead in. Yeah. So, episode. but
1: there was a, there was a, a fort, a Roman fort, and then became a Muslim fort. And now it's a church. So the village is so old that mm-hmm. it predates Christ. Mm-hmm. So the village my father was born in. Here's the other thing. Sicily is also the West Virginia of Europe. Um, <laughs> and you're bragging about this? Uh, I don't know why, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very proud of it because uh, they for, they never go to the doctor. They have all their teeth. <laughs> they live into their 80s and 90s. What? My great-grandmother I... lived to be 103, never saw a doctor. My grandmother died at 94,
0: had all her teeth, never had a cavity in her life. Never. So strange, you're associating West Virginia with having teeth. Yeah. Well, here's why. I'm sure (laughs) back in a couple decades. I'm uh. sure back three, four thousand
1: years ago. Yeah. That was happening. You know, without the banjo music, that was all happening (laughs) in Sicily. But they have wrung all the bad genes out now. So my aunt, my my yeah, your
0: family left in the 1800s. Like
1: finally. No, no. My father came here in 1935. Oh really? Um, Yeah. The family that started Rayo's restaurant Mm -hmm. came over earlier, and so we're like fourth or fifth cousins. We're very distant uh, relatives, but the food—it's funny because as soon as they tasted the sauce, I'm like, "This is our sauce!" Mm -hmm. And my father goes, "Yeah," goes, "It's from the same place," so of course. Mm -hmm. In fact, they didn't realize. Quick aside here of an aside of another aside. Uh, uh, My—they thought they were from uh, a town called Catania, uh, or or, or, excuse me, not Catania. They thought they were from. That's a
0: combat villain.
1: Catania is uh, where the big air base is in Sicily, but they thought they were from Naples, Uh the Rao family, and we had to set them straight on on Ancestry.com. You know, the leaf shows up, and that's how I knew we were all related and found it out. And they thought they were from Naples because that's where the ship left to bring them over here, the steamer. Uh No, they're from Sicily. My father, you talk about poor he, uh, uh, there, there's a scene in a movie called uh, The Sicilian um, where the, they all grab shoes because they're going to come to America and they didn't own shoes. That, that's real. My father was a little boy when he came over here. He never owned shoes until he got on the boat because he had to have shoes to get on the boat. So he never had shoes. That's poor.
0: So yeah. it's a movie about cobblers.
1: No, no, it's not. That's a horrible joke. So, so
3: um, <laughs> so, it, so it sounds like Sicily is West Virginia minus the meth.
1: It's meth well, they have and Limoncello, opioids. and that's pretty nasty. So, I, I, uh, yeah, the meth that's Florida, and uh,
0: yeah, there is West Virginia is opioids, sir. Get oh, your drugs yeah, correct. Yeah. yeah, I was
1: dry. This is funny because. I didn't know. And, you know I'm, I'm from New York. I didn't know about meth uh, meth labs. You hear about them on TV, and yeah, and that's it. And I'm driving through Mobile to Pensacola mm-hmm. with another comedian in the car, and I go, "Look at all these fires off in the distance." <laughs> <laughs> And he goes, those are meth labs. I'm like, get it. No, they got to be like gas flares. Or he goes, no, they're meth labs. (laughs) Yeah. And so then you count the number of blown up. It's sad. I mean, it's unbelievable. What's crazy is how
0: profitable it must be. be Can't be true. That they can afford to have these explosions and still sell it and make money. Yeah, it can't be true. That's the thing. He goes, oh, no. Have you not seen Breaking Bad. The guy had an empire.
3: When I lived in California, my neighbor, their house burned down twice within a year because it was a meth lab. So they burned down. Someone else came in and bought it, turned it into a meth lab, and it burned down again, twice. And nobody,
1: nobody got perp walked or put in
3: jail or nope. nope. They burned. <laughs> <laughs> they
0: were in it, the explode
3: on fire and left. Everyone is out of there. It yeah, I'm not crazy. sticking around
0: if I light a house on fire <laughs> with meth you got, probably a, got, got a bunch of
1: meth labs in your neighborhood you know they're profitable if a dentist opens a practice down the street. Yeah,
0: exactly. then, uh, is that a good joke? Yeah, okay, well, yeah, that, that is, that is a good joke. That, that is right. a great... That. Yeah. How are we working out bits for this guy? <laughs> this is what we're supposed to be doing. It's tough out there. Hey, yeah, right.
2: <laughs>
1: the economy's getting bad. Hookers are giving away toasters. I, uh, <laughs> it's my buddy, Touche Jackson. I, I think about him all the time. He's the first comedian I met when I moved down here you a real funny guy couldn't great setups to jokes,
2: mm-hmm.
1: couldn't write punchlines. Mm-hmm. And my, I, my style of comedy, I, I would rely on my writing too much. So I was just too unanimated. So we fit together Story really life, well yeah. because he's just a, he's over the top actor and uh, he's a he was a good joke writer, but I could get to the punch quick. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Because I've been writing structured material for so long. And he helped, me, he helped me a lot more than I helped him because learning to write is a lot easier than learning how to be a good actor. I'll tell you that. You
0: know. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, I, I would assume so, but I have obviously an bias. Like, I'm very uh, uh, low, like low energy, not, very, not animated by any stretch. And you'll see people, exactly, yeah. you just struggle against that. So I, I would always think that it'd be easier to learn how to write than to be animated. But I've seen people that are like super animated that can't write a joke to save their life. And they think, oh, if I could just learn how to write, but it's so hard. I feel like it's one of those things like yep. if, you, if you're good at one, you'll say the other one, it's harder to get better at that. But I feel like it's almost impossible for some people to increase their level of energy and their style because it's just, it's, it's not in them. They don't have it. Yeah, and, you know,
1: but how many Richard Lewis's or, you know, deadpan comics? Stephen Who's the Wright. other guy from Boston? Stephen Wright. Oh, yeah. Who has hair similar to what yeah, you guys
0: had? Yeah. Uh, so uh, my hair was very straight whenever I had it, not curly. What about you? Wavy.
1: Yeah, waving goodbye. Exactly. Uh, hey, ding ding. Uh,
0: this is, I hope no one
1: listens to this. this so, no this worries. so full of dad jokes and sarcastic name drops, and I haven't dropped one in a while. It's
3: been Dan Hornstein certain. will say this is great, and he'll be you, willing the, I thought lessons. that's who
1: it was, and I walked in here. For those trying to paint a mental picture, I'm like, how did Dan Hornstein, uh, first of all, get a real live girl and grow... <laughs>
0: four inches how that, did that happen and lose 18 pounds? And, not, uh, and not wear denim
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and not have a pun yeah in the first three minutes of talking
1: punjo i'll tell you there's a, uh i do a tv show with a guy here we go sam greasebomb old cruise ship comic Used to do TVs, but his
0: name's Bomb.
1: Sam Greasebaum, been on Evening at the Improv. He wears a cowboy hat. If you, if you, he's one of those comedians that was so ubiquitous back in the 70s and 80s that if you are the 80s and early 90s, maybe that it, you go, oh, I don't know who that guy is, and then you hear the jokes and you go, Oh, I know who that guy is. The guy who does the worm wood burning talks about how safe toys are today, and we had a wood burning set with a cord that's only a foot long, and <laughs> you know. and, and People go, oh, I remember those jokes because he was on TV all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. And he is the pun king of puns. That's all he does is pun jokes. And uh I can't, I can't do them. Uh, Thalberg, Ryan Thalberg, mm-hmm. uh Darwin's Great Place. Of their Fame. Yeah. Uh is uh he won the one-off pun off. And uh I was doing a podcast there. And we're talking about puns, and all of a sudden, just, this just started flooding into my head, and people are laughing, and I'm going, I'm not laughing. I don't enjoy doing this. I don't care how, <laughs>
0: how entertaining it is. I hate it. Yeah, uh, it's not for everybody. It's an acquired skill. Drew Hallway is very good with, like, is he? I have seen, seen kind of him like in so long. Free association puns. It's like, they're puns that don't even make sense, but just the way, he, the cadence, and the way he says it, and the way he sells it, he'll just make up words that aren't real words, and it'll still work, because you get the idea across. And he's just like rapid fire. It's ridiculous. You get him and Brilliant. Dan in the same room, and they're just going back and forth with each other. So
1: he's gotten off. I remember the first time I had seen Drew was he, he was at an open mic, and he's, uh, he's got three minutes because he's not a pro. Mm-hmm. And he spent two and a half of the three minutes – adjusting the mic stand yeah. and yeah. he had people's we're all in the back screaming like all the comedians are sitting in the back screams there's only about 30 or 40 people there but they're yeah. laughing and then just as he's about to say something his time is up so he gets <laughs> through the setup of a joke and goes oh i'm sorry that's my time it gets yeah. off and gets
0: a huge <laughs> round of applause and i'm like
1: I'll never be that clever. That is brilliant. <laughs> oh,
0: he's he's brilliant. He's a one of a one of a kind guy. But he actually I don't know if it's true or not, but wouldn't put it past him for it to not be true, but he like trained to be a clown. So he's, Oh, I believe that. Yeah, because he he's got a couple of uh of, like bits that are just pure act outs. He even does a mime bit where he just acts things out. Oh, I, I suddenly hate him. now. Yeah. <laughs> but him and uh Southern comic, I don't know if you've met him, Jesse James Giddings. No, they started doing. So. They just started like a month ago, uh, going on stage together as like they go up as like a musical act, and um, <laughs> it they have a couple of like uh, sight gags where like. Uh, but lo- long story short, Jesse's got a little guitar and Drew has got this keyboard, and the whole concept of this whole joke or this whole idea for them to go up together was Drew having a keyboard that didn't have uh, a back for the batteries. So he's just over and over again putting his keyboard on the, the stool and then having the batteries purposely fall out. <laughs> so he's having to go like pick them up. And it's kind of like the, the, the mic thing where he's like, it's a constant joke that's over and over and over again until their time is up. But it's, oh my God. I, I, when he told me about this concept, I was like, I don't know if you're going to be able to turn that into five minutes. That sounds pretty flimsy. But he did it at Liberty Station and people were crying in the whole, the uh, comics and non-comics were loving it because he, he, he obviously, it's like good it Andy Kaufman, right? Exactly. Instead of bad Andy Kaufman. Yeah. yeah. Plus clever. Jesse did really good playing off of it. And, and he had a couple of like real, like standard jokes as where Drew was just kind of this nervous energy kind of like, <laughs> oh shit, everything's falling to pieces. And, uh, this, the, the batteries just falling out, hitting the stage and rolling off. It was Hysterical. I like
1: seeing he's different. I'm, I'd love to book him somewhere. If he can, can he do 20 minutes of that or 20 minutes? He's got Does 20 he minutes of material,
0: yeah. yeah good. It, i got to go it, take a look at him. As, so we had him on this podcast. Um, <laughs> Uh-oh. We, so we had,
1: a, we had another. But you uh, didn't get to broadcast it because the batteries in the laptop <laughs> fell out, <laughs>
0: right? It's yeah. the shortest episode we've had. But, um, <laughs> yeah. but um, he is just a unique, unique guy. But yeah, he's, I've seen him do really no, well. Yeah, he's just so
1: clever. Like I said, I saw that and I'm going, there's nobody doing stuff like that right now. Andy Kaufman's the last guy that made me laugh doing stupid stuff like yeah. that.
0: Yeah, he's got some Kaufman-esque stuff. He has some Zach Galifianakis-esque stuff where it's just like kind of this, like this guy's in his own world kind of a thing and we're just here, happen to be here watching it. Like when he goes to the piano and he just kind of starts just talking to himself and like Drew will have this thing where he'll grab the mic and just like turn around. He's like, not even facing the audience. He's talking to the audience, but he's just like, Oh, you ever felt like dot, 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 Yeah, And it's just all absurd. Like if I were to try to do his act, crickets. Yeah. If you were to try to do my act, crickets, but that's well, the way he does but, but it. Yeah. yeah I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we all get We're going. You here. set it up, boy. <laughs> <Yeah. Anyway. laughs>
1: I'm in the batter's box. You can't do that. <laughs> you know, uh, daily own is a lot like, that. yes. Uh, he, the first time I saw him was probably 15, 16 years ago now. He just had a baby. I couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. And he did, and his jokes were just awful. Except one joke he would do was he goes, I work at Taco Bell now, and a lot of my Mexican friends ask me what they should order. And I'm like, You, you, you don't want to eat here.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm like,
1: well, what if I'm really hungry? Um, like, get a small water. <laughs> yeah, but what if I'm really thirsty? Yeah. You don't want to drink a large water. <laughs> so I would call, I could never remember his name. So I used to call him small water Yeah, and I would, I would uh, look forward to seeing him just so he would do that one joke. <laughs> and now he does stuff like, you know, he goes his first time on stage and he get up there and he does this performance bit where his jokes suck and he's lost his plate. Wait a minute. And you know, and he's fixing stuff and I'm like, that's brilliant. It's yeah. not as good as Drew's in my view, but you know, it's he still got the same audience response that Drew got from that kind of performance
0: exactly. And that's one thing, and so those are two of my favorite people to watch. And I think it's because it is so unique and it's like, and they get good responses. But uh, Albert De Leon, uh, he is it doesn't make sense to me. Some of the things he gets like he gets away with, they're hysterical, but if he delivered them deadpan, nothing. I'm telling you, you're getting a lot. His delivery is just so funny and his way and his voice is just like hilarious. And you buy it, you believe it. You believe that he's really exasperated at at these situations that are like ridiculous.
1: He's confused. Yeah. He
0: has these prank call bits. Oh my God. The first time I saw him,
1: uh, that's what I thought the first, not the first time I saw him. The first time I saw him do that kind of bit, Mm -hmm. I'm like, what happens? He having a stroke or something? What's going on? And uh, it was all part of the act. And I'm like, well, it's very believable
0: again. Yeah. I, yo, not for a second would I have thought if I hadn't talked to him before, like, like I knew before knew was, yeah, right. Yeah. I would have like, this, this is, this is, this guy is <laughs> telling his, his life story. But, I mean, obviously he has like, it's obvious that this is a joke and it gets big laughs, but the way he delivers it, there's no setup punchline. It's just, this is a ridiculous story. And just the way he will say it. And he gets all this fake anger. Uh, and
1: exasperation it's amazing that, that's where the punchlines are because you're laughing every 10 or 12 seconds and that's intentional because he'll change his expression or do something i admire comedians who can do that even comedians who are doing straight setup punch um uh stacy uh anderson mm-hmm. she does a, a joke where the punchline is a face yeah and i'm going just the fact that she understands that she can make a face as a punchline a mm-hmm. lot a lot of comedians get that they got to be doing comedy 10 12 years before they figure out that a punchline doesn't necessarily have to be something that's said you know it can be a face or a little act out or something like that um that that's that's pretty amazing for, mm-hmm. for the comedians they can do that and get a big laugh from it too you know right. i like that yeah it's, it's definitely impressive what else you got for me there so you, is you see, it over
0: yeah say <laughs> so from new york i am um when like did you start doing comedy in new york you start doing it in like the outskirts new jersey where'd you end up starting no
1: i'm from syracuse so uh it's four and a half hours from manhattan uh it's in the geographic center of the state i started doing comedy in high school Mm-hmm. um i was quite a few years ahead of, and i would go to there's no place to do comedy in syracuse so we would drive to boston to do an open mic at a chinese restaurant called ding ho's and they did an actual documentary about this place and uh i wasn't in it um but uh, you talk
0: about sicily for 45 minutes uh, every time somebody opens their mouth No. Yeah.
1: <laughs> i was doing dumb jokes back then and uh and, uh, but, but I mean, some of the comics, Stephen Wright was the first big name to come out of there. Mm-hmm. Dennis Leary came out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, Bob Goldway, Tom Kenny, who I went to high school with. Uh, those are the first, that was the first places they performed because mm-hmm. I drove them. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I didn't, but uh, <laughs> not the first time, I'm sure, but because um, I'm pretty sure they told me about the place. But, um, and it was just a hobby then. And I was, I had some uh, aptitude towards it and I would mm-hmm. do comedy. You know, pretty much on and off uh just there's not a lot of outlets in a city in Syracuse, right? There's a comedy club there. You could do some time there in my mid thirties. I decided I'm going to do it. I ran into I was doing radio, and this kid Moody McCarthy, had just gone off last comic standing way funnier than the guys who made it to the house by the way it's It's a reality show, and there's nothing real about reality t right. v He mm-hmm. should have got voted in. In fact, the judges did vote him in, and he still didn't make it in the house. And they had this; they were really upset about so wait, it. Wait, you're
0: sitting here telling me Dat Fan is not the funniest comic of all time? Uh, <laughs> Dat Fan? Uh, <laughs> no, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> n-
1: and now I'm to- doing Tony Hinchcliffe. All I got to do is say
0: "chink." And, oh, when well, you uh, said uh, "your I'm buddy out. Grease Bomber, I was like, "Is that a Tony Hinchcliffe punchline?" What is this?
1: Here? No, Grease Bomb's <laughs> a real comic. He's a funny guy too. Uh, this
0: sounds like a slur.
1: Yeah, the Grease Bomb. It's I think it's his real name. I'm pretty sure it's his real name. Oh, who would make
0: up a name like that? Um, <laughs> freaking typical, what's his first name again? But it's
1: funny, Dan Fan, though, does um, textbook comedy right mm-hmm. not to, to, to diverge from my own story because i love to talk about myself but um <laughs> <laughs> but no dad fan uh if you watch um, like amazon has the uh what is it the amazing mrs mazel or Incredible yeah, yeah. Maisel. good show first season. That, that is exactly how i came up in comedy without being as good as she is because nobody's that good but um or that, not that fast so you brought
0: people <laughs> food in a tupperware bowl for stage time
1: yeah you had a husband you were trying (laughs) Uh, mine are bigger than hers anyway no but how how you do it and how you write jokes and get a hot five and and dat fan is that kind of comic he's a formula comic Mm -hmm. and i admire him for that but he's not all that funny. I mean, he's not great. Uh, mm-hmm. He does get criticized more by comedians than by his fans. He's making a living at it, so right. why well, he's doing better than I'm doing? So I, I have no criticism of him. You know. Yeah. And he's doing the same thing. He's doing setup punchline jokes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't find him particularly clever. But he I- is a formula comic. He tracks everything. He tracks every laugh. He's, you know, he's, he's he treats it more like science than art, <laughs> right? <laughs> I guess that bothers me a little bit.
0: Yeah, but. I've talked to people about that in the past. Um, so I was in like, a, a chat, with, you know, Chad Alexander here locally, very like very good comic. He's got, but he he breaks comedy down like a math equation, and uh, we'd be talking back and forth about these ideas for, for bits. Which, if I could go back, I would encourage anyone who's thinking about doing comedy at least try it once on stage before you even mention it to anyone because you're going to get into this paralysis by analysis situation. And each comic's voice is very different so when you're like trying jokes out and then like, oh, well, that doesn't fit my voice. But anyway, so I would always end up being in these little back and forths with with Chad. And in hindsight, he was probably closer to right than I was because I was like, I just don't see the joke like that, Like, like formulaic and not formulaic, but like, structured in a way like a math equation or a sentence structuring in English mm. and um, and now looking back if I had listened to him a little bit more I probably should have learned more of the basics of like this the bones of comedy before trying to say oh I'm just going to go out there and say what I think is funny and kind of throwing caution in the wind because it's kind of hard to restructure something that's not structured in the first place so when you're going to try to change the joke or tag up the joke it's kind of like this amorphous blob. And you're like, okay, Chad was probably on to something there. Yeah, I mean, I, he does that. He,
1: i am probably see him tonight because on my way home, I'm probably going to stop jive? by Jive. It's Tuesday while we're taping, by the way. Mm-hmm. So Chad will probably be there and if Holder's around because I like to hang out with him and he lives near there. And it's on my way home because I live in uh, Ogden, Utah. Um, but,
2: <laughs> it's a
1: Robert Klein reference. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But... Chad would do that. He looks at it as a math problem. And Chad, if you listen to this podcast, stop doing long division.
2: He doesn't, <laughs>
1: he doesn't get to the funny part fast enough. And that's what dri- it drives me crazy. So the older comics I talked to, you know, uh, um, Andy, uh, another name. Well, dropped. Andy's a
0: one-liner. He's boom. boom right. Boom, but get to the
1: funny. You have to have, you know, you can't talk for three minutes and then have a funny punchline you've lost the audience mm-hmm. especially in today's day and age they're all going to be looking at their phones they're not listening to you anymore right. so uh, you got to do something uh and, and i like that i mean i'm able to hold people's attention i try to even take younger people and get them to relate to me you know the room's mostly young like who's over 40 here and they clap and it's always somebody who's fat
2: Right. And because uh, they're
1: over 40 and I'm like, yeah, look around, guy. The fat people keep clapping. Skinny people, young people see that. That's your future. You're not getting away. Oh, it's not going to happen to me. Yes, it is. So I say it's not particularly funny, mm-hmm. but it gets them to relate to me, which right. then at least then I can do jokes that they have no idea. You know, mm-hmm. some 21 year old kid isn't going to get a prostate exam joke. Which is probably my funniest bit that's made you know that's good on TV. Mm-hmm. So I want to keep it as long as I can, and it's right. probably a six or seven minute bit with laughs. It could go ten or fifteen minutes. You know, it's
0: <laughs> also how long as prostate exams that last. Yeah, well, ten or fifteen minutes. Oh boy! <laughs> if I thought that, I thought if, that was going to be gold. I was like, if I if I, if I tip the doctor, <laughs> exactly. they will be. <laughs> Don't tag <want> <laughs> 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 i'm trying to get laughs here people another funny, tag not up. only did i not get a laugh he tags up my joke with a bigger laugh
3: mike this happens every week
0: yeah <laughs> there'll be a moment on the podcast where i just suck all the air out of the room with a bad joke that i thought was going to be great sometimes i know if i'm being
1: honest i mean know your business uh you get as you do how long you been doing comedy well let me interview you
0: uh, coming up on I'm three years this three, year. Three, well, yeah, you got. You don't know. You're still pretending to be another comedian. So uh, <laughs> that's the thing is, and I, everyone says that and you're like in somebody else's voice. I and like it's not bragging. Trust me. I wish I had a voice that I could lean into and draw parallels to help study. I can't think of anyone who's who.
1: Well, you're just doing it right now. This is, you're but animated, is Young, but- <laughs> you're being yourself now and you're moving your hands and your face is getting red. Yeah. Tell jokes like that. Tell jokes That's, that mean that much to you yeah. is what you just said. That's, That's my coaching tip says. for you. <laughs> are, are you a comedian?
3: No. no. No, just
1: a porn star. Yeah, yeah. All right. exactly. Harry porn, porn star.
0: Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> 70s porn yeah. star.
1: Hey, <laughs> hey.
3: You know, living in the past is sometimes worthwhile.
0: Are you stumping for vintage porn right now? Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, <this>. Anyway, <laughs> but no, I've heard that from I'm a not, lot of people. No like comment. Cor- Corliss mentioned it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Kenji, I, I know, mentioned it. A bunch of people, like oh Nick Palermo, I was like you've um, had him on a bunch of shows because he's Italian, kind of a. Uh, kind of fucked you know, I up but i
1: haven't we just run into each other a lot now and, and I, they had at family who does,
0: reunions who does and and,
1: fil- no <laughs> <laughs> no 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 he's skinny. but I've, I've heard
0: that from a lot of comics people. i respect that, like you need to do you and this, me <laughs> no, yeah, <not>. yeah. <laughs> but like you need to bring that kind of like energy and passion to the stage i'm like
1: it doesn't have to be energy or passion i'm thinking of it as being honest mm-hmm. so if you're if you get excited about something see i don't unders. and you're animated write jokes and tell jokes that mean that much to you even mm-hmm. though what you what we're saying isn't particularly funny try to find some funny things that mean just as much to you find something you're passionate about write jokes about that mm-hmm. that'll help you know, when I like, I don't like skinny people. Screw you skinny people. I hate you skinny people, right? Mm-hmm. It's believable
0: because I
1: hate skinny people.
0: What can I possibly have to complain about in this life? I'm killing it. I'm living in my $700 a month apartment, with my beautiful head of hair, and my tight waist. <laughs> Don't we looking around my apartment <laughs> for things to say? We all get it. There's too much. No, I mean an abundance of opportunity. No, I,
1: I, I'm like I'm looking for the price tags on everything because <laughs> it looks like you're just getting ready to move
0: out. Well, I told you I travel light. Um, and I love this too. This, this uh, is his, That's actually. mine. This oh, and this, this does, is doesn't my even coffee belong. Table, quote, quote, that's your coffee table. Yeah, it's yeah. An
1: end table. Wow, how much, you guys, look at all the razor blade cuts on it. You're snorting a lot of coke <laughs> on that table. Holy shit.
0: That's years of spilled uh, soda and beer has been wiped off really mm-hmm. okay
1: you pretty much live like a bear with furniture that's yeah. pretty much
0: how you live uh that's great i'm
1: actually big in the bear community
4: are you oh god
1: <laughs> i'm not doing it you're not you're not dragging me into your fantasy he
0: didn't fault you're anything.
1: not dragging me into your fantasy i'm not gonna
0: do it hey boo-boo baby this has been around
1: <laughs> Look, it's another picnic basket uh, <laughs> Oh man, uh, that's so, funny. So, what else can you do besides tell jokes, deadpan? Can you can you sing? Do you can you do voice? What about
0: this voice makes you think I can sing? Oh, I don't know. I
1: j- just well, anybody, people who I have terrible voices can
0: sometimes sing. So that's what I'm was, not one of those people. <laughs> but, uh. That's what I was kind of was, uh, alluding to earlier. Whenever I said um, you know, those people who have this an- being animated and energy can they say that it's harder to write and vice versa. So I would say it's harder to learn how to be animated because I, I agree with that. Yeah. Most it was of for li- me anyway. And yeah. 90% plus of my life, I am who I am on stage. That kind of, um, low energy, just kind of just, um, telling jokes. I will like crack jokes everywhere, every situation I'm in and I get laughs in social settings and, and uh, people are like, oh, man, you're funny. Like, I've had people on the podcast, like, your podcast is really funny. You have, like, you're funny on the podcast. But it's just, I can't do voices. It's just like I was in my own head about it. Like I feel like I was just goofy if I was trying to do a voice or, or an act that was too ridiculous. It just didn't seem like it would be me. Yeah,
1: I I feel I I do. I do voices. I've done voiced over a lot of things that um, when I lived in New York in particular, I've uh, done uh, Foley work and uh, live voice replacement in films where they can't get the actor back and the audio didn't come out right. And uh, people are amazed that I don't do it on stage. And I got set up. uh, I was doing shows with Rich Williams out in Washington State and uh, across town in the same town. Mm -hmm. richland washington uh raymond orta and mario salazar were doing shows Mm
2: -hmm.
1: it's weird we're doing them at the jokers i think jokesters or jokers casino we're so we're doing a casino show uh weekend and they're doing a one-nighter at this theater and they had an airbnb so we go there and they're all smoking Mm -hmm. and i i don't smoke i thought and (laughs) um and then they pass around this cigar And uh, I thought it was a cigar and I taste it and I'm like, ooh, it's chocolate, I I like this, right? And they let me smoke like three quarters of it and I realized all of a sudden I get in like a 10,000 foot stare and I'm like well, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm really high right now and uh-huh. uh, it was it was not a pleasant feeling for me but they did that so that and then Raymond and I started to go into dueling Sean Connery's and <laughs> we're writing jokes about he's doing this whole bit about the Titanic and uh, and it, you know some f- just crazy stuff because he goes oh you get you get inspired when you're high He goes it's just a, it helps you write jokes and I'm like yeah I, I I, it makes me paranoid, man. I can't help it. I mean, I, I'm a, I I fell asleep that night when the day break, when it finally wore off. Because uh, oh, and there's the other thing. I'm like, is this pot? And they're immediately they're Facebook and he called it pot. Uh, like 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 they changed the name and they should have because <laughs> it's paranoid juice. I was laying down in bed, and if I moved my foot, the rustling of the sheets was magnified so much I'd wake up. What the fuck was that? <laughs> oh, it's horrible. Mm-hmm. But that night we're doing all this, you know. The Titanic would be like the scene from the movie Titanic, where the where the people are playing the uh, you know symphony's
0: going down with the ship. Yeah, the four
1: guys there. That the would quartet, be I guess. Yeah, this was Raymond's take, and it would be totally different if. Um, if they if they played a different song like okay all together boys it's been a pleasure and an honor all together now chicken dance <laughs> dun, 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 dun. you know not you, know, like, you know down in the third yeah <laughs> down in third class it's like you know the bars are up please take my baby dun, 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 dun. is that the chicken dance <laughs> and they throw the baby and they start doing the chicken you know just hysterical when you're high uh, and we were laughing, and then we did, you know, uh, Sean Connery's. I'm like, I have unique knowledge of this prison facility, and uh, <laughs> he says, uh, "You want me to act in what?" And, uh, and Raymond goes, "Yeah, don't you know I used to be a dragon, you know?" And I'm like, "Oh, this is brilliant." <laughs> so it was, it was fun, and that was the last time I got high and uh people had, last had,
0: week two weeks ago oh my god <laughs> no, this is like four years ago
1: now three four years ago and uh it was a lot of fun and uh, i'm never doing it again but i get i get the appeal now i really do sure, yeah, yeah. um so when my kids uh you know and when i try to tell them not to take drugs i'm they have video proof of me <laughs> yeah. acting a motherfucking fool so uh, I, can't, I can't talk to them anymore about it
0: yeah I've, uh Pot needs to be legalized, I think, nation or nationwide. It's just the argument, if, and I'm not a huge, I'm not I'm a smoker at all, really. Uh, but as somebody who has smoked before and somebody who has drank before quite a bit, I can tell you the level of inebriation, like paranoia. Sure, I'll get the, I get because I get that too. And that's why I ne- never got into it. Uh, but the level of inebriation for pot versus alcohol just doesn't seem even close well
1: yeah and and i think that look uh, again we live in a country that should be tolerant of everything Mm -hmm. not not uh and um the argument made is you know the government can really only control one vice at a time so alcohol has built in punishments physically to you so but at at the same time doesn't um, cost
0: you to go bald does it (laughs)
1: um (laughs) Does it make you go bald <laughs> I saw an I, was, I saw an article and you get no argument from me i drink i I have a huge wine collection that gets diminished. I drink too much wine I really uh, Wine's I, good I, I do.
0: I'm more of a beer guy because I can't afford good wine, so i plus I drink fast, no matter what I' am drinking, whether it's water Gatorade beer sex yeah, <laughs> yeah drink it like I just drink fast, so I learned a long time ago if I drink liquor or even to a lesser degree, wine. Wine actually slows me down a little bit. And it's not because of the flavor. It's, the flavor's great. I just, for some reason, I don't know if it's like, I don't want to look crass, like chugging wine. Uh, so maybe that's a factor. But beer, like I can't drink beer so fast that it's, it's going to be a problem, unless there's enough time given. And um, which case, probably I mean, you look about my internal <laughs> organs. <laughs> See, if, yeah, if people
1: saw you, they would go, beer or wine drinker, I'm like you're getting 90% people voting beer yeah
0: yeah well yeah and
1: then the other 10 percent and the other 10 percent are going uh beer flavored wine
0: (laughs) (laughs) you know ooh, that's not bad Uh, (laughs) jagermeister yeah you can see money for that idea i'll be an early investor (laughs) but um but yeah, I don't know how we got that little tangent. But yeah, it's this whole podcast. This whole podcast tang- tangent. I love yeah. it. It's so like, about insult comedy. now. back you know, to the original. All right, play. Jen, piss
1: hockey. Let's circle back to, uh, uh, hey, that's how her name is spelled. I just say it like it's spelled.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: piss hockey.
3: So what brought you to Houston from New
1: York? Better weather, lower taxes, a lot of jobs. But um, no, financially, there was an opportunity for me here. Um, and uh, uh i was at a kind of a crossroads i was just killing time uh, doing a project for a utility national grid and deciding whether i was going to do comedy full-time actually because i uh had a lot of work and mm-hmm. i had quit like a year before i got offered cruise ships and i realized i couldn't do it because it interfered with my business that i owned so i was like all right shut down the business i really can't do that i got some long-term contracts there's real money but how much can I make a comedy? And it, it was probably enough just to pay the bills. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, of course, then the other thing is when you own a business, you got a lot of other people you're responsible for. And you can't just turn your back on those people. You just can't do it. So. The hell
0: I couldn't. I'm mean, like, get the fuck out of here. You've been <laughs> sucking on this teat too long. Go make it on your own. Okay. Don't let the door hit you. All right. I'm kidding. Yeah. Boss, if you hear this, this is our own <laughs> Apparently, chance.
1: Tony Hinchcliffe is now in the HR department. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> get the fuck out of here. Uh, so so I came down here. One of my, uh, I, I had a project to do for Shell, um, and it was right up my eyes. was easy. I could do it with my eyes closed. That's why I got recruited. I have a business agent, and she recruited me to come down here. And uh, I thought, well, I can still do the comedy, and it's a bigger city. And No. Here's the thing when you live in New York, upstate New York, especially uh, Rochester, 90 minutes, Buffalo, two and a half hours, Cleveland, four hours, Boston, five hours, Montreal, five hours, Toronto, four hours, New York City, four hours, all Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, every city. So, you know, you would get called to do, there's more good comedy rooms mm-hmm. for headliners. Or features for big name comics, which the money's pretty much the same. If you're a B list comic, or, or or you're opening for an A list comedian, you're making pretty good money back then, and uh, and you can do that. You take a half a day on Friday, drive to the gig. If it's a casino gig, you got to leave Thursday, mm-hmm. right? Um, then I started get Indian casinos, and then resorts, and um, and uh, you know I kind of skipped over the clubs. I've done a lot of clubs, but. The casinos and resorts pay more. Then I started to do dinner theater,
4: Mm -hmm.
1: um, acting with this guy who picked me up, and that money. You know, you get. I was the the lead. He just, just because of the way the casting worked, I was his lead actor. Right for these, this comedy play he did, which is kind of a lame play, but it was funny, and uh, you get two dollars for every audience member. But you're doing a casino, for example, in a room that seats 450 people, and you're doing five shows. Mm-hmm. That's more money I'm making a comedy. And I'm not alone on stage either. It's easy, right? Um, or you're doing even just a fundraiser at a high school, and there's a thousand people there. You're making $2,000 for one night. You can't beat that. Right How
0: now. quickly did you turn into Rain Man? And start counting people like super fast. <laughs> well, I'm good like at math.
1: Yeah, I'm good at math anyway. So I mean, that's where I that's where I made real money. Is, He's done uh, one
0: of those clickers with him on stage, just in yeah. case he needs. <laughs> Designing to
1: software, fixing broken companies, and working on trading floors. So, um, but but on the comedy side, when I came down here, I had these big gigs built in—about mm-hmm. twenty of them a year. And they dried up. Why? Well, you can't do the VFW on Wednesday night. That's 45 minutes from your house, because now it's not 45 minutes from your house. It's 22 miles, 2,200 miles from <laughs> right. your house. Right. So my comedy career just died after about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I kind of quit. My best friend in comedy died. And I'm like, eh, it was a good run. It was fun. Mm-hmm. And um, then I uh, got a little older and decided I was going to... I got. What got me out of retirement Retirement was I got a call from a casino asking if I could replace John Panette. And I'm like, well, nobody can replace him. Yeah. What they favorites. were doing, it was they were doing a showcase show of all the local guys. They'd already paid for his tux. <laughs> well, he was sick. This was almost a year before he died, but he was sick. Mm-hmm. So he had to cancel the show. And I don't know John Panette at all, but he's obviously a great Love comic his comedy, and he's yeah. an angry comic and... Again, anger I makes it funnier, yes, right? It does. Uh, people don't—they'll go, "Oh, he is an angry comic." Yeah, he's oh, angry yeah, about 100%, everything. hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, except when he sings his little songs, or yeah. oh, it's—he's a love-hate comic. I love this. I hate that. Right? <laughs> yep. It's a, just a, one of the basic elements of comedy. So he, uh, uh, so it was just a bunch of local guys, and I immediately said yes, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'm like, I, I don't—I haven't done comedy in like four years. I don't even know if I'm funny anymore or anything. <laughs> So went out to my bar, ran into Koo there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, we would we were friends on Facebook. I won't get into the whole how we met story, but we didn't really. He not I'm assuming, huh? Grinder, grinder,
0: yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, no, no I'm not. <laughs> for those
1: of you who don't know, um, so swipe right. Uh, so uh, no, he he, uh, he. We had a common friend Touche, the person who passed gotcha. away. And Touche asked me to go and evaluate him. He says, this new comic is really funny. And I'm like, yeah. And then I went up and talked to him and critiqued his act. And mm-hmm. he was polite about it. But later I learned, many years later I learned, he, like, he goes, who the fuck is this guy telling me? <laughs> I said, what do you mean? And I'm thinking to myself, well, somebody asked me to do that for you. Really? I thought you knew. He didn't know, right? <laughs> and then I get to my car and he's, he's, he gets on stage and he goes, Mike's a Republican and blah, blah, blah. And we're in a, a hookah bar where, you know, mm-hmm. there's two white people there and i'm both of them right so, <laughs> <laughs> so it was uh and i get to my truck and it's just a stripped down uh jeep wrangler right mm-hmm. he goes oh, i thought you'd drive a cadillac or something i'm like i don't what image where did you get this image of me uh, first of all i'm not a republican number two the number two uh i i like i like this car i uh, i don't you know i'm not a i'm not a cadillac guy um uh, mostly because even though i'm really uh, it's a really big car uh, i can't fit behind the steering wheel the seat doesn't go back far enough so <laughs> i'm too fat for it in other words but we
0: he just didn't He's like done some me. research on this
1: <laughs> and i learned all this from him what i'm telling you now is what he told me right. i met him at this my bar thing that rich was doing in the first iteration of my bar it's owned by another group now another guy who is great, so go there Thursday nights, guys. If you want to see some funny comedy, anyway, um, uh, we uh, we met. He invited me to do a show with him. We became friends, and now we're you know best friends. Weird best friends, like psycho- psychological weird things. He'd never been to my house before. I lived down uh, in the Med Center area near the stadium, mm-hmm. football stadium. <clears throat> And my dad was really sick and he kind of knew that. And, um, uh, but you know, you know, I'd just been up to see him and, you know, he was in some pain, but he's driving and, you know, going to breakfast and being himself. He was in his 80s, 86, 87 years old. Um, But pretty normal. His mind was good. Everything was good. He just didn't strike as an old man. And who calls me and he goes, hey, I'm in the neighborhood. I'm going to step over. I said, what, "What? okay, and he rings the doorbell, and I let him in. I go, what are, you, what, what are you doing here? He goes, the universe told me I needed to be here tonight. My father calls me last time I talked to my father. He died that day. Wow. That's weird, isn't it? Yeah. How does something like that happen? Coup, that is Coup just- Who
2: killed
0: him? No, I no. him. <laughs> I <laughs> almost
1: died. Wow. Yeah. Please, Sam, you should say him in your head first
0: before yeah. you say him out loud. No, but I try not to picture coup at all costs. Uh, but I mean,
1: how does something like that happen? That is so odd uh-huh. that um, because my father called me and he's like, hey, uh, I just want to say how proud I am of you and all this. And, you know, this is an ethnic father and we get along great, but he's, he's not the kind of dad that says those things. Right. right. Um, and uh, so when he hangs up, I call my brother immediately because my brother lives around the corner from him. I said, hey, uh, you, have you talked to dad today? He goes, uh, yeah. He goes, I said, you know, you might want to. I think he thinks he's not going to live until tomorrow. He goes, I'm sitting right next to him. We're watching TV. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I said, well, tell him to call me later. And my father called me later and left me a voicemail just to call him back and never got a chance to call him back. Uh, you know, because he never woke up mm-hmm. the next day. He was kind of out of it, and then that was the end. Um But for Koo to know that, to know he needed to be there, that, thats it's not even a coincidence. It goes way beyond that, because he mm-hmm. had the need. Never been to my house before. Nothing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He goes, yeah, I, I need to be here. Something's telling me I need to be here tonight. That's weird. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's hard. Some to,
0: people are like, I don't know if it's in tunes, right? Word for it. Some people it's just a right, like no, They got to be somewhere. And they got to be there.
1: I guess. I suppose. Uh, it's kind of creepy. Uh, now that <laughs> I think of it, it's like, you know, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, AM with that? Who's that guy that does the AM radio thing in the middle of the night? Uh, oh, George Nori. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. yeah. Hey, the truth's out there. There's still, yeah, who might be an alien? But uh. it
1: it was actually very, very strange. Um, something like that would happen. You know, it was uh, it was weird. But then you know, we're we're friends, and most of the shows I do around here, I do with him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a solid dude. I like
2: mm-hmm. No, he's blood. great,
1: great guy. Uh,
0: great guy, happy guy all the time. Tell he went all Hollywood and got his show and cut us out of his life.
3: What do you mean? You're on the show like every other week. Yeah, you better, now. Now, you're on it more than
1: I am, so I mean, you know. Because I get, when they do the political stuff, I'm like, wait a minute. You know, I'll say oh, something, man. and boy, he doesn't like that. I'm like, I, I, hey, uh, I'm too old and too rich to give a shit what other people think. Yeah. I just don't
0: care. Uh, well, yeah, there was an episode, uh, probably the first episode I was on, I think, there was a, a um, a uh, female comedian that was talking about uh, the unemployment situation and I work in recruiting. So I was talking about it from somebody who works in this industry and she was like, nope, nope, nope. I was like, okay. And I was like, well, I'm not trying to be mean. I mean, try- obviously I'd like everyone to be happy and have a great job and all this. So I was like, but I was like, but this is, this kind of like pie in the sky thinking and we kind of had a back and forth and I was like, okay. Ku probably won't have me back anytime <laughs> soon, <laughs> but uh, he did, and I had a good time. But I if, what I learned from that experience for that show anyway is like I just go and try to be funny because he says be interesting or be funny. Sometimes interesting is funny, but like I always like I don't, I'm not going to teach anyone anything on this. So I always just try to go over the top with goofiness. So if it's a r- heavy topic, I'll, obviously I'm not going to be in a, like insensitive, but I'm not. Going to change any any minds on there?
1: Well, you might not be able to change the minds on that show, Mm -hmm. uh, but you might be able to change some of the minds of those listeners. But I I don't know how many listeners or viewers he has. Um, The show's really good. If it was 40 minutes, it would be a lot better. That's my opinion, and I will say it publicly because I don't say things behind people's back. He knows that I think that. Two hours is too much, but... At the same time, he probably has a couple few thousand people who watch it overall every week, unique viewers. They just kind of move in and move out. That's mm-hmm. kind of comfortable. I mean, when his show was on, if I see it pop up on Facebook, you know, and, and Blue Bloods hasn't come on yet or something, I'll, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm, I mean, I'll watch about 10 minutes of it and comment or hit the heart button or something. So and,
0: you are the demographic that watches a Blue Bloods <laughs> and a CSI Miami. CSI Miami, that's been (laughs) off the air for a while. I'd like. He knows. (laughs) He knew instantly. how long it's been off the air, because he loved that show. Well,
1: it's the CSI shows. He had Vegas, yeah. he had New York. This and is proving C- my point. And CSI Miami. He literally knows all of them. Well, Miami was my favorite one, because people ask, well, what's your favorite? What's your favorite? And my favorite is CSI. No
0: person under the age of 50 C- would ask that.
1: CSI <laughs> Miami was my, this is a bit I used to do like 15 years ago. CSI exactly Miami was relevant. when it was on, yeah. C- yeah. Well, I get to do it now, so shut up. Uh <laughs> Because I love dragging out old bits. This was a funny bit. I close on this sometimes. Like I loved CSI. I don't, I'm not going to remember it now. I love CSI Miami. It was my favorite one. Why? Because it took place in the hottest city in the fucking universe. <laughs> Who do we get as a star? Let's pick the albino. <laughs> <laughs> he was getting, you could see skin flaking off of his face. He'd have those sunglasses on and he'd peel them off, you know, and, and the half of his skin would come with it. <laughs> like, he turned into one giant freckle. Yes. It was just hilarious. I said, can't, he should be on CSI Alaska.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's where he belonged,
1: but only in the wintertime. Yeah. Because not when there's, no, you know, not when there's white nights, because he'll burn up there too. Too, right? yeah, yeah. i just love that bit but it's see it's bit. a funny bit and i still remember bit, yeah. some of it yeah that was fun thanks yeah. for bringing up that reference uh, <laughs> yeah. i'm a joke oh, I'm machine to blame. i'm to blame for this. <laughs> nah, i've been writing jokes right since i was a teenager and mm-hmm. kind of non-stop and uh even during the pandemic you know i i uh, now a full-time comedian and you can't get any work so mm-hmm. i would write you know they had open auditions to write for podcasts and stuff mm-hmm. people who were fortunate enough to to actually be able to make a living uh, on TV or on a pod video podcast. They have, you know, hundreds of thousands or millions of viewers. And I got picked up to write and uh, you know, I could kind of make ends meet doing that. And I enjoyed it It was more like more like work than fun mm-hmm. because I, I've now realized I pref- I much prefer performing my own jokes than writing jokes for other people. Mm-hmm. Although I don't mind writing jokes for other people. i when they say them, I get a little jealous, you oh, okay. know, because like, yeah, I could have gotten
0: that laugh. You know, the <laughs> way I,
1: I wrote this one for this, um, this guy about, you know, the ID channel, you know, keep saying, you know, it's uh, what about black? You know, when they were talking about Black Lives Matter and everything, I'm like, what? and they keep, you keep hearing, well, there's a lot of black on black crime. I'm like, I, I I don't know. I watch Nightline. I watch, uh, what's that an NBC show, um, uh, the NBC crime uh, documentary twenty twenty no that's abc 48 um, hours later uh, that's cbs you got them minutes? all except the, uh, no uh so anyway but, but there's the id channel which is right. dedicated to to yeah. white white crime let's be honest there is some, uh, <laughs> there is some white on white crime on that channel i mean you see
3: it's like heartland america crime yeah you channel. see here <laughs> this is the
1: whitest crime i've ever seen White gal with her white side piece, right? And she convinces him to kill her husband...
0: Is this the so of the that Joey they can, No, this is real.
1: So they can be together. That's my Joey. So they can be together, right? Yeah. And I'm like, that is some extra cracker crime right there. Because yeah. I'm thinking this guy is not too fucking smart, is he? He's not smart. You know why he's not smart? What if she gets sick of him? Yeah. yeah you know? He's
3: next. Yeah.
1: And I'm like, you don't see black people doing that. You don't. You can't like Ted Bundy. What did he do? Stabbed women, shoved them in the trunk of his car, driving around America. Mm-hmm. Not going to be a black Ted Bundy. Never gets pulled over by yeah, the cops. His name's Simpson got you the kill first one time. person, that's it. Then he yeah. gets pulled over. Whoop, whoop, that's it. Yeah. Goes yeah. to jail. So that was uh, Kenji's uh, got a
0: bit kind of like that. That's really funny. You met Kenji, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, Alonzo. Uh, he has this bit about if the Terminator was black, that'd be a real short movie. <laughs> I just love the premise.
1: Yeah,
2: it's that. oh, a great
0: bit. And um, and it's he came out. He wrote that during quarantine. I'll he be black, right? He, he can't, yeah. <laughs> uh, but he uh, I came out of quarantine with that joke, and I was like, that's fucking hilarious.
1: Oh, I just, when I, no, here's the thing. I, I come up with this idea mm-hmm. about the ID channel and uh, uh, Dateline, that's the show on NBC, and, uh, which ruined it now because I've already done the bit. But I came up with the idea, and I'm like, can I write this? It's for a black guy, right? And I don't know how to write for this guy. So I, I'm calling Koo. right? Phone a friend. Hey, can a black guy say this? Yeah, because I don't know what the rules are right. anymore, right? And I know I, I don't give a shit. I'll say whatever I want. But mm. I said, can, can, I, and I couldn't reach Koo. He was, it was too early in the morning. You
0: literally called your favorite African. He was and not available. He was not available. So I phoned Rich Williams. <laughs> oh he's
1: gonna hate that (laughs) i called rich and no we're all friends there's a little rivalry there but it's it's more friendly they're more like brothers that argue really it, it really is true so i call rich and i i tell him the bit and he goes man that's funny he goes but you can't say that i said well i'm not saying it i'm writing it for another guy uh and i told him who it is. i don't want to tell you who it is because then everybody will go look it up um ali and, sadiq. No. Uh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> although okay. i got a good ali sadiq story i got a couple good ali sadiq stories but um and he goes oh yeah he goes yeah he goes uh if he doesn't want it i'll take it I'm like well no i'm pretty sure he's gonna want it <laughs> um it's it's funny right he goes oh it's hilarious i'm like okay that's all i needed to know mm-hmm. i had never written a joke for a black guy before and i shouldn't have been so timid about it but i was so i had a phone of black friend that's (laughs) kind of weird to me because i don't think that way and and uh but better safe than sorry well i got i got kind of timid i got kind of woke i guess i was a woke tart or something i don't know (laughs) what the what happened but ali sadiq story i um
0: probably the biggest comic from houston currently yeah no no, not probably undoubtedly yeah yeah he's he's never here because he's touring
1: the world (laughs) i don't think he said more than five words to me the whole time i've known him right or seen him Mm -hmm. so we're at an open mic at the improv right we're doing the bucket thing and uh, he gave his little speech about to other comics, which most of them don't listen, which is stupid, because listen to the guy, he's like, this is your home. If they need help taking the chairs down or serving food, you should do it, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, and you, know, you can hear some of the comics, the younger guys mumble, no, nah, I'm not doing, that's not my job. I'm like, oh, you're 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 a loser then. That's what's mm-hmm. gonna happen. You you know, he's he's committed to comedy and he's and he's telling his story and how mm-hmm. to be successful. And, uh, and it was a good story and people should've listened to it. Most of them did, mm-hmm. to be fair. So ABC is coming in to do some background on him for something, right? They're going to have a news story on him. And uh, one of his people comes up to me. He, I see him. I'm like, hey, and he just kind of brushes his hand across my shoulder. And, and I'm doing it on my front, but he did it on my back. Brushes his hand across his back. And then one of his people came up and says, hey... Um, Ali wants to make sure stand right here because he wants to make sure they're going to have you put like your name in the bucket and, mm-hmm. and that guy of have my fat lives matter shirt on. So, you know, people would see it on there. And then he goes and he wants you to, um, be on the, uh, like d- drop your spot on, the on the, um, the on the open mic because you're going to go on his thing. You know, we'll have you like be the first or second comic up after the host. I'm like, oh, that's cool. He didn't have to help me.
0: Mm-hmm. He
1: doesn't even know me, right? But mm-hmm. we had again. Oh,
0: trust me, if he had known you, he wouldn't have done that. Yeah. <laughs> no, <I'm sorry. laughs> yeah. Well, maybe. I'm just-
1: <laughs> so I'm telling you that to tell you this. So I'm in. I'm doing um, a, uh, a show, coconuts, with um, Koo mm-hmm. in uh, St. Pete Beach, and then I had a gig in near Orlando um and ku went home and i went and did my gig in orlando and i was going to spend a week with my brother and i noticed that ali sadiq is there and he's there through sunday because he sold out all his shows so he's at the orlando improv and uh so ku says he goes you got his number don't you i said yeah i do um through touche so he goes just send him a text i I asked if i could get a guest spot Mm -hmm. absolutely and they go well yeah they'll give you five minutes and he made sure i got 10 minutes Oh, nice. And I never talked to him. He <laughs> yeah. said, hey, thanks for the opportunity. He goes, all right. And that was it. That was all. I talked to him. He gives me a guest spot on his show, Destroy. Uh, long story short on that now, we haven't taken advantage of it. But now we can, uh, Koo and I can go book a show there. You know, their, their weekday night, I think their night is Thursday. We can go do a Thursday show there in Orlando. Uh, get on there and book our own show and book comedians have and they met book Koo? the audience Have they met
0: Koo yet no but that's so okay. i'm ku agente for that weekend no i'm kidding
2: yeah no, you're not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but but ali sadiq <laughs> believes in houston comedy he doesn't have to live here he'd probably financially do better if he didn't live here if he for lived in sure. new york or la undoubtedly and uh, he's respected by every comedian that i've ever talked to and i'm talking big name comics uh alex ramundo the old guys like right? uh alex ramundo um uh i'm trying to think of some of the other guys i've spoken to about him um not preacher lawson when his name didn't come up with him and a lot of these guys that um i've, I've done guest spots with uh, again mostly through coup um uh <clears throat> jerry garcia another okay. guy he says, he, did- he, he actually, Jerry Garcia asked me if I knew, if I knew him. And I'm like, yeah, I know him. He goes, well, how well do you know him? I said, well, he's done a lot of good things for me that he didn't have to do. I said, but I, I, he never verbal. I, like I said, I don't think he said two sentences to me the whole time. of have known him. Mm-hmm. He just think he must think I'm funny or he would never let me get anywhere near a television camera or, a, or right. on mm-hmm. one of his shows. So, you know. That's nice. It's nice validation when you're insecure about that stuff.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I haven't spent much of any time around Ali Sadiq. The only time I was really around him was whenever I was helping Comedy Hub do a show that they put on where it was him at like the rec room. And I was helping. This is when I first started. And um, I was helping him out with the door and just kind of just put in dues to get you know opportunities down the line. And uh, he comes in. I didn't. I'd never, I didn't know him. I'd heard his name buzzed around like all the time. I feel like he's the biggest comic in Houston. I didn't know him. And then he comes in, didn't say anything to anyone, but uh, came in like 30 minutes early in like a track suit. And I didn't know who he was. Um, and then he leaves, comes back with his, like, his, out, his suit for the night. Doesn't say anything, goes straight to the dressing room. And I was like, this guy seems really intense. I was like, is this guy, how's this guy? I can't. He's see just quiet. Guy. I think. I can't. Yeah, I, exactly. I can't that's judge what him. I'm saying, like, I think that's he just is when he's in when he's at a comedy place. He's in the zone. He's 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 working through his set in his head. I think.
1: I uh I looked at. He did a whole pantomime piece at that improv that night, and a bunch of people came out. I mean, it's. I had some pulling power. I had just announced it the the day before, and like couple of tables, bought tickets because I was going to be at a the Sunday show, isn't going to sell out, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I was kind of happy about that, and I'm sitting with him after my spot, watching Ali, and he's doing this whole thing about, he's doing a longer version of what he did on Comedy Central about being locked up, right? Mm-hmm. And and he's he's not even he doesn't even need the microphone he's just talking he he introduces like he had a stand in line naked you know Mm -hmm. dick to ass cheek and he just doesn't want his dick to touch anybody else's ass and and that that's the setup for the joke and then it's like three or four minutes of him just standing in line Mm
2: -hmm.
1: (laughs) looking at the audience and and pantomiming it out and it I mean you couldn't breathe you were laughing and he just yeah. annihilated he the expressive. room and then I watched him do I've seen him perform an entire hour three times and I think I only heard one joke twice because it was a joke he was working on mm-hmm. it was the side of the road that saved your life you know mm-hmm. there's this one thing they have on the highway that saves your life it's called the brrr,
2: you know <laughs> yeah.
1: and he was working on that so I heard him say that twice never heard him repeat any of his bits the guy is a genius. He's There's just, he's titties. way past. I don't know how long it got, it took for him to get that good, mm-hmm. but he is one of the best. And that's why I think every major comedian respects him so much. Yeah. Because they consider him better than them. Whether they're more famous than him or not, it doesn't matter. They just consider them, him like uh, the pinnacle of, uh, of a yeah. pure comic, you know?
0: I feel like if you just like destroy every room you're ever in, professional comics know the difference between, oh, this guy brought a uh, the the entire room, like you can see, like a comedy contest or something, or this guy. Those are laughs, like, like whoa, like where, like you hear, like a like a a bat, like in baseball, where you hit, you hear a home run. You can tell as soon as they hit it from the sound, like oh, that ball is a home run. And the same with the audience, you can tell that somebody's hitting a home run in there. And like I feel like anyone who who's been around comedy, you see him, it's a bit different. Like I said, I've only been doing this three years, but I've watched a lot of comedy, been to a lot of comedy shows. His, it's just like uproarious laughter and, and he sustains it for so long. And then he gets quiet and introspective and then just comes, like you're expecting, like, oh, okay, what up? learn something here and then he comes over the top with another huge laugh
1: and that's all by design because comedy isn't like music you can exhaust it's a participation thing Mm -hmm. so you could exhaust your audience so he knows when to read something it's funny because if you got a hot crowd and you go well i you know like for me i'm gonna do the bell joke or the prostate joke no i'm not because if i do those now I'll, the people, I'm, first of all, somebody will fall off their chair and have a stroke or something. And I, I'm not, I'm half kidding. Right. Yeah. right. Um, I'll, t- I will do not know how much time is left in this podcast or if we're going to just keep going till Sunday, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh just a quick, I I'm doing a show. No, Raymond Orta was doing a show and somebody actually laughed so hard they had uh, some type of aneurysm and they died. Oh god. Right? Oh, my well, goodness. you can't say he
0: didn't kill. The same
1: week <laughs> I'm headlining a room in uh, I think in Austin. Yeah. Right. And um uh and I'm in that room uh I start telling uh, I'm doing uh, I think the belt joke and it was funny. And I hear this guy yelling at stuff from the back, and I so I just start picking on him. He's sitting at the bar, so the audience is in front of you, and there's a small audience. And the guy's at the bar, and he slips off of his bar stool and hits the floor. And, uh, and there was all kinds of stuff on Facebook about it, right? And I just commented on it and I tagged Raymond and I said, well, Raymond, this proves you're funnier than me. I sent a guy to the hospital and you killed a guy, you know, because <laughs> it was the same week, right? Uh, even though it probably wasn't our jokes that did either of those things, right. uh, it was still kind of gallows humor. But it was funny. I thought it was hilarious. And uh, and uh, yeah, so that was, that was pretty cool.
3: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So I know, uh, at least I've listened to you and Koo's podcast. You still do that regularly?
1: No, no, no. I want to turn it into a TV show. Mm -hmm. Um, and I want it to be with commercials. It can only be a 30 minute TV show. So 22 minutes. minutes. (laughs) Um, and, uh, and he's, I think he's in favor of it, Mm -hmm. but I've just got too many things going on. Um, and so does he. Mm-hmm. But we will I, I, I would I would pretty much assure your audience that we're gonna do that and we're gonna put it on television. I want a short podcast. I don't want a podcast like that. No offense. I think this is great because I All on,
0: offense it. taken. Uh, well I'm on it. Speaking so this is your best
1: episode ever. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh I wanna do something short, structured, to the point. Mm-hmm. Um I wanna do a lot of UFO stories. Um so i can make fun of them although it's not as funny anymore because now the government is recognizing ufos yeah. which <laughs> I, I think is great it. because you know if if you if you're Anybody who's listening to this, if this doesn't prove to you that the government lies to you and that you believe the government lies, this would be it. Because right. they've been fucking lying to you since the 1930s or probably since the Middle Ages, for
2: God's <laughs> sakes.
1: They're fucking flying saucers and oil paintings, for God's sakes. You know, there's a the, oh, yeah, but that. Oh, no, they just uh, the, the thing, the hieroglyphic that looks like a helicopter. Oh, no, that was just an accident. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're here we are today well that's actually he's
0: wearing his nasa shirt yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: hey baby actually they're real uh you know and they're telling you they're real
0: i saw that video though. so that
1: means they've been lying to us for like a hundred years so go fuck yourself right Oh, of course the government's lying. <laughs> and, and, oh and they're lying about that oh but that's all they're lying about oh, right oh, yeah bullshit. Sure. Uh, but
0: i saw that video the one thing it was creepy and i don't know how to explain it the one thing that bothered me we spend how many billions of dollars on military every year? Trillion probably, or something ridiculous. That was the best footage to come off a Navy ship. Well, this is what I'm thinking. Doesn't every anybody have a fucking cell phone? There? Exactly. <laughs> it's like eight
1: K or something like that. Right. Shit, my little, you know, my little cell phone. Uh, I mean, I think it's got a four K camera in it now. Yeah, most. You most can't likely. do that. Uh, yeah, they're all fuzzy and they're all blurry. Uh-huh. I like it's know. like that might. Like, so, now they're really far away.
0: So to be fair, yeah, don't be fair. To anybody, <laughs> I've I got it. I want some Independence <laughs> Day level clarity, like indisputable. He wants mass
3: destruction. Is what? Well, he wants. no, I mean, but the only thing is, like,
0: what do you? Speaking of government lying, what do you put it past them to fake this to cover up some other shit that's going on? Like, oh, focus on this thing over here while we uh, lose billions of dollars or funnel it to so, so what, what Estine Island, that he's back there. Right? Yeah.
1: Sure. Is he? Did nah, he? I don't yeah. fucking
0: know. Uh, <laughs> he didn't kill himself. I know Ricky Gervais,
1: we, I'll tell you this, Ricky Gervais is my hero. I I'll love will tell him. you that. <laughs> um, they canceled the Golden Globes. Yep. Right? Yeah. So I don't know if you know this guy, Panolino, he works for NBC. I don't know how he still has a job there because he's a real smartass. And all he does is make fun of the company he works for. So on Twitter, when they canceled the Golden Globes... He goes, well, we ought to get Ricky Gervais, book him for an hour to just ridicule the Hollywood elite, right? <laughs> yeah. He's why and they really 30 seconds it. later, Ricky Gervais replies with the working title of the show... The golden balls, and I'm like, I love this guy, I love him, I I love love him more than anybody else. He is, he doesn't care, I don't care. Yeah, when he did, but people watched that last time he hosted the Golden Globes. You would have watched it if he'd have
0: hosted this this year, everybody would. He's
1: the best, was people would have watched him totally for a totally different reason. Uh, but him and um. Oh gosh, what's his name now? I see. This is when I'm old and drinking wine. I can't remember people's. Billy Crystal. Oh yeah. So Billy Crystal and him, they should just. Those should be the only two people allowed to host award shows. Yes. The end. Whoa, whoa, whoa,
0: whoa! whoa. What about Anne Hathaway and James Franco? I
1: thought they gave it a good. Yeah, they'd be good if they were giving awards away on 4:20. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) uh,
0: By the way, he's canceled now. Basically, who? James Franco. Why would he do? He's going after like. 15-year-olds, 16-year-olds? Yeah, oh. like multiple times, apparently. I found that out after making a joke that ended up coming, out, coming off really bad because I didn't know that. So, yeah, he's, mm. he's problematic now.
1: Way to bring down the room. That's yeah. Thanks, Adam. Uh, did it again.
0: <laughs> I was trying to give you all the feel of that one Oscars uh, whenever they did it together. <laughs>
1: James Franco. I mean, I don't know. He
0: never cared for his work, to be honest. No.
1: Uh, I'm trying to think of what he was good in take your time it's going to yeah. I don't, uh, he's got bad teeth and he doesn't seem to want to do anything about it that, As someone with that's bad hugely teeth, distracting yeah but they look normal he's right? Like, yeah
3: but you're ugly anyway
4: but he's, got, he's got fuzzy teeth <laughs> and fuzzy teeth yeah.
0: that is the I'm, first off I've never heard that phrase before in my life furry teeth okay fuzzy not furry. helpful not helping not <laughs> you've never woken up with furry teeth I don't know what that is oh means. man those things are fucking tiny Are those oh. your baby
1: teeth <laughs> Oh, holy shit! I've never noticed you have yeah. teeny weeny teeny
0: teeth. <laughs> yes. Uh, wow. Um, that's the w- only reason I'm not an actor is the teeth. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, Steve Buscemi was able to do it, but uh, yeah,
1: that's the thing. Is you can you know you're like, well, I'm not handsome enough to be an actor, and I'm like, well, you know, Steve Buscemi actually. has won Yeah, all kinds of awards. So yeah, you can pretty much put a pin it, in that. Yeah, <laughs> Italian guy from Sicily. I might
0: Steve say. Steve Buscemi never been uh, nom- never even been nominated for an Oscar. He's won a bunch of other awards, but never... A great, like, great, great actor. Oh, I love him. But he was on this list, and I was blown away. I watch a lot of YouTube, like, lists. That's, I'm... I, uh, I believe it in here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> As I plot my enemy's doom well, YouTube uh, and Pornhub. That's uh it's pretty No, good I'm off it. the porn, I'm not doing anymore.
1: No? Yep. Well, what, take down the banners shit. No, I uh, I'm,
0: I'm looking at things I know aren't there in my own house. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> wrong he with me. Turns around and look. An ounce that's,
1: of alcohol. That's my good acting. Acting. Thank yeah. you. But. Uh yeah, I, you know, it's funny, Cuckoo had a good take on all the porn stuff, but I mean, every comedian has kind and I'm, I'm not picking on him, but I wanted to acknowledge that because now I'm about picking on all the comedians of which he's one that's like, yeah, ran out of porn, watched all the porn there is to watch, you know, I'm like, oh, okay.
2: So uh, and
1: meanwhile, you know, I got grandchildren, so I'm watching <laughs> I'm watching their porn. You know what their porn is? It's videos of them opening up yeah. little gifts <laughs> yeah. with little Easter eggs and candy in them and then yeah. the person who's opening them is going, ooh, ooh, "Ooh, They're not even speaking. They're like, oh, let's do this. Look at that." Like, oh. And they're and they're amazed. They're mesmerized by this and I'm like, "If you haven't just do uh open Easter eggs, just Google that, uh, or, or put don't go try it on to, YouTube, don't and it try is. to get
0: me to get that in my search engine. Oh my don't god, list, is so on, creepy. Watching kids unwrapping things like no, why it's is not this kids. It's adults.
1: Man. It's adults, but all you see is their hands, and they have all these beautiful things in front of them, and it's all shit like cheap plastic matchbox cars and and candy, and just not. It's crap, right? Right but it's all wrapped beautifully and they unwrap it and they reveal what it is. And kids are amazed by this. And I mean, amazed right up until they turn six and then it's right on. Straight to the
0: pornhub. No.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there you go. That was okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, and they're watching james franco video yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, so he's going after in my generation it was roman polanski and How i think was in your canceled in your generation it was um michael jackson right
0: but you you also forgot about woody allen also
1: your generation. yeah woody allen Mm-hmm. Rosie probably. O'Donnell before she turned mean, her, she had the great you know like she was
0: going after kids too.
1: No, she was going after Woody Allen. Oh. Yeah, she goes and now she won't. She would never do that now, uh, but because uh, what is she doing? Because she's
0: woke. Um, I don't know. Um, before Trump was president, I loved him as a personality. Like I liked Celebrity Apprentice. I loved the feud <laughs> between him and Rosie. Oh my god, that was hysterical. <laughs>
4: Yeah, it's like, women, except Rosie. Yeah. She's oh, like, she a that. person. Everybody hates it. She's a terrible person. She's the worst person in the world. If you want to know how to do Trump, he's a comic. You, you, Trump is you have to squint your eyes, but raise your
1: eyebrows, which is actually hard to do.
4: And you have to make sure every time you talk, you can see your lower teeth. That's it. That's the whole thing. And then <laughs> have a billion dollars, that doesn't earn either. But that's
1: yeah. Trump. I remember when uh, General uh what the hell was his name The did the, the chief of staff general kelly yeah. comes in and he go and his thing was if you want me to be your chief of staff i'm taking your phone away from you right uh-huh. he said go fuck yourself and it was huge no he did he took his phone away and trump lived without uh, tweeting and like it was big news he had went 30 days without saying something stupid on twitter and i go but you know it's in a room somewhere, and he's going. Just let me touch it. Can I touch it? A <laughs> yeah, okay, exactly. Can I,
4: I just want to. I just want to visit it. I want to charge the battery. I just want to make sure it's okay, just in case. All right. I can't have the phone. You're fired. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and that's him, right?
1: Yeah. It's beautiful. But if you do him. Right, uh-huh. because a lot of and people don't realize half the country doesn't even like this guy. They love him. At least a third of the country loves this guy. They, they, they. I don't want to say Explain, worship.
0: I, I, I don't. Uh, you're
1: right, but it doesn't make any sense to me. Because he's a non-politician and he pokes politicians. He punches. He punches down to oh, the politicians. He, he punches down to everybody. Yeah, he doesn't like. <laughs> he do not like politicians. So uh, and he hates the same people I hate. So I, that's why I kind of like him.
0: Uh, the enemy of my enemy. Well, you're friend. a
4: terrible person. You're horrible. You're a great person. This guy's my best friend. What did he say? He's a horrible person. He's the worst. You know, he'll turn on you in a second, like yeah. a pit bull. Oh yeah. And but is if that you that do him, thing? you got to do Bernie said.
1: Sanders too, then yeah. right? Because he's another pop. That's the thing people don't realize. Hillary Clinton lost. Not because of Trump being better, because she was such a horrible person, and Bernie Sanders got boned, and it, and it made oh, the yeah, media. Yeah. They knew that he got boned. They, they cheated in the elections for him at the convention. They wouldn't let his people in, and they would put seat fillers in there, and they exposed all the ads and stuff. So, Not to mention her
0: buying all those kids and the adrenochrome.
1: I don't, know what, I don't know what that is, but uh, I mean that's for another podcast.
0: Um, you never heard about this? Pizzagate?
1: No, I don't want to hear about this. Uh, not in the middle of my bed. So, uh, so, you know, he, he, people he were mad up. and they're populist too. Right. right. He had a lot of the same policies and not economically, but ever- otherwise he goes, hey, if we're going to help, the, if we want this to be a worker's paradise, we can't let a lot of people in to compete for the jobs at the bottom. We can't. So we have to have a, a controlled immigration, so we don't overwhelm schools and hospitals and, and welfare systems. You can't do that, right? Same There's thing. Obama common said. Sense.
0: Same thing. Clinton said somehow they all said the same yeah.
1: thing, but now they they're not doing it. Nobody knows why. Mm-hmm. Um, you can have your own opinion on that, but it's it what, what they're doing is not good for anybody, including the people coming across the border. Anyway, uh, so you but you got to be balanced, right? So you do a Bernie Sanders joke. Mm-hmm. So I would do I would do the Trump joke and get a bunch of laughs because even trump supporters it's funny right mm-hmm. yeah but then you would do the bernie joke i'm doing physical here for those who don't have a there's no camera for this and you pull your hair out so you make it look like you know first of all who's going to vote for a guy who combs his hair with a balloon I, just, <laughs> I, won't, I won't do that and then you have to do the bernie thing uh-huh. socialism is good it's not bad it's a good thing same accent as trump just more Jewish, right?
4: <laughs> Trump is a New Yorker. He kind of looks the same way, but you know, he squints and he, and he and he's eight feet tall and he's terrible. He's like You're a jealous. blonde Godzilla guy. He's a horrible person.
1: So, and, and then Bernie's like, "Hey, he's man. He is as Jewish. I mean, you know, <laughs> Bernie. Socialism is good. You don't know how it works. Let me explain how socialism works. Let's imagine that I have one dollar, and let's say that you all have twenty dollars." Under socialism, I have $21. That's social. So that's, and you yeah. do that. And it's usually funnier than the reaction I got there. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it I will
0: oversold. take you to take your word for it. I <laughs> oversold that fucking joke. But, um,
1: <laughs> but during the campaign, I would do those jokes oh, and not alien. Uh-oh.
3: Uh, we had a crash. We're off the air.
1: How long have we been off the air? 18 minutes.
3: Long. No, two hours. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Thank what? God. That's so weird. Keep going. We're fine. Yeah, we'll, okay, we'll figure gonna, it out. You're in post. gonna
2: cut it up, right?
0: Yeah, we'll see. We'll put all the offensive so le- bits. Le- into le- ones.
1: For those of you who missed my Bernie Sanders joke, I'm-
0: actually, that was the the internet. Denied. <laughs> That's what it is. This yeah. is like the DNC all over again. <laughs> Hillary is in your you laptop. You can do. You
4: can make fun of Trump. It's okay. Right.
1: See, I'm mixing Bernie and Trump now because I I can't get in character. He shook, folks. So I I enjoy doing voices on stage. I just don't do enough of them. I could do a whole act mm-hmm. with every stupid cartoony voice I've done. Or you know, Sean, I like Sean Connery. Uh, he's dead now, but people still. I think he he would. I could do him until I stopped doing comedy cuz everybody knows who he is. Yeah.
3: Right? Or Arnold Schwarzenegger. If he had been around today, I can't do Arnold no. for,
1: I've tried. There's too many people who do him so much better than me mm. that I just wouldn't I just won't attempt it and I've worked on it. And he's an easy voice
0: to do but I can't do it. I don't know why. If Sean Connery would have been in his prime today or even if that just his start, prime today yeah. like but that 60 minutes bit he does about hitting women he had been canceled. He'd been gone.
1: <clears throat> yeah. Um, there was a movie, what, called Mr. Majestic, right, um, with, um, oh, my goodness, I got to think. The, <clears throat> the same actor who did, um, uh, who did that, Bruce Millis just did a remake of it, but uh, he slapped women. There was, uh, yeah, hysterical women, and you slap them in the old movies and the old action movies. I never understood that, you know. I never understood it when my father did it. I never, no. no, no.
0: <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I was like, oh, "There's no joke. I can make that." <laughs> no, you don't.
1: Look, you don't hit women. Right. You shouldn't have to be told that. You just right, don't right. do it. It doesn't make sense to do it. You don't hit women. You mm-hmm. wait for them to transition,
2: and then, <laughs> then you, you beat the, and shit, then you beat out the of them. shit out of him. <laughs>
1: Because that's a hate crime. And if you're going to go for it, you ought to go for the cops. No, it's just go so check, dumb. Violence is so stupid. It's so stupid. Yeah. And yet uh, you got to check the boxes. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, you just don't do stuff like that. And I don't know why people have to be told that. Uh-huh. I, you go to these counts. I I was remember when I was coaching my kids, the coaches had to be told, you know, coaching them what to say when the cops football, show up. Football, <laughs> yeah, for coaching football, and you had to be told how to. I said, look, if you're a jerk, this class isn't going to make you less of a jerk. You're not just going to suddenly wake up one day and go. Eh. Mm -hmm. I guess I won't do that because somebody came in and you paid them $1,000 to teach a bunch of uh, adults not to do those
0: things. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: They should already know that. Yeah. You should know how to treat other people. It's that simple.
0: And and (laughs) So you're not a big fan of sensitivity training in in the corporate environment I wouldn't take?
1: No. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No,
0: if you're, you're... Well...
1: Here's why I'm a fan of it. You take the class, and then if you misbehave, they can fire your ass, and they have proof. Mm-hmm. You signed a paper. You took a class. You know how to behave. You passed the test. Now behave that way, and if you don't behave that way, look. If Are you're you saying a,
0: that as a business owner,
1: yeah, if oh, you're a jerk, <laughs> if you're a jerk, uh-huh. taking a class oh, isn't going to make you less of a jerk. Right. But this way, I can get rid of you, right, legally, and not have to worry about it. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, you just shouldn't treat people that way if yeah. you have a if you're overly attracted to women so you stare at the wrong places look at their shoes or something you know train yourself not to make people uncomfortable
0: Right. so now you're, you're fetishizing your feet is what you're telling me no and no. Uh, okay. she, she wore those those pumps for herself not for your eyes for, those.
3: for the next two weeks I'm just going to stare at Adam's tiny
0: little teeth well, uh, <laughs> these teeth are proportionate to my wallet um, <laughs> in your penis (laughs) Uh, come on we were all
2: thinking
0: it i don't care i'm never coming back (laughs) irish that's all i'll say (laughs) so uh my shape like a potato (laughs) Uh, i wish (laughs) french fry more like it (laughs) uh uh,
3: before we wrap up julian cut
0: before not not cut uh not jewish
3: Anyway, before we wrap up, do you have like any social media or upcoming shows you want
0: to share?
1: Okay, How, what's the reach of this thing? Is it like pretty much just used worldwide?
0: <laughs> worldwide, at, No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, www.pullmyfinger.com. <laughs> <finger> uh, um, <laughs> that's a good get. It's a good get. <laughs> yeah, that that's website, um, that a, guy, a guy I did radio with years ago. Used to have that website. It doesn't exist anymore. Uh, I don't think. It'd Be a good one to to nail somebody. The
0: people with. who crushed it in that big gold rush with people who got like uh walmart.com <laughs> yep can microsoft. well obviously microsoft's probably on the cutting edge of all that but you think bill gates uh you got any bill gates jokes have any, now did, that he's gotten, you, getting divorced,
1: well, he's. Did, he, did you see people are coming after him? Now he was a pedophile guy, I guess.
0: He hung out with Epstein a couple times. Did he sure, really? And, they,
1: and now they're they're making accusations against him. What is it about when you get rich? There's something that there. you. I mean, do you, do you drink baby's blood or something? Adrenochrome,
0: that's what it's called.
1: <laughs> I, <laughs> I know these people, and look, this is going to sound like a conspiracy theory, so I don't want to go too long on it, but look it up yourself. They want to live forever. Mm-hmm. And what they're trying to find a way to do is to live forever, either through a machine mind or, and it sounds weird. It sounds like science fiction, but they're actually trying to do this. Well, Elon Musk has Neuralink. That's the whole purpose. Yeah, they're yeah.
0: trying to do this stuff. In, I'll uh, sign up. You don't want to live forever? No. Oh, sign me up for the Matrix, baby. No. Make me a rock star or a famous comedian. No, they'll make you the janitor. Uh, I can't even fucking tie <laughs> Actually, my shoes today. The, the I can't imagine what it's going to be like in 20 years. This is years. what I'm getting. Yeah. <laughs>
1: the, the, the minute I can't touch my own schmuckle and wipe my own ass, I want to be out of here. Just check me <laughs> out. I'm all done.
0: Yeah, but in this, this, this future reality, this computer reality, you're going to be... A fucking stud of all studs, but okay. What makes you think that
3: everyone's going to be a stud of all studs in this stud of all
0: studs? Game. Yeah,
3: how can everyone I'm like a bull
1: hamster? What the <laughs>
0: fuck, are you stud of all? Yeah, stud? yeah, that's what I'm saying. I've
1: <laughs> never been a stud, wouldn't of you all like studs. to
0: experience that? You big experience hands, that big feet,
1: co- big disappointment. That's all bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> come on. So, I'm plugging my shows, yeah. you know. I don't, I'm uh, let's see, uh, closest here, I'm at Connie Comedy Arena in Dallas uh July 16th and 17th I'm at uh and then we go on a tour Ku and I go on a tour in Florida and we're doing um Rock and Rondas which is a great place it's been on Bar Rescue we're doing a comedy and karaoke night there mm-hmm. they they this is going to be epic cuz will be hundreds of people there it's going to be great and then we're at coconuts uh, that same weekend I think it's the 23rd 24th um, which is in St Pete Beach and the show I want to plug is next month, June 19th,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, Jerry Garcia is coming to Houston, to Pasadena, to Fusion. He is the It's Not My Weekend guy, and that's the day before Father's Day. It's for Listen, everybody listening to this, it's the perfect Father's Day's gift. It's a cheap ticket. I think it's like 20. Uh, preferred seating is 25 bucks. You don't want to miss Jerry Garcia. He's hysterical. Go to Fusion's page or uh, Comedy Compadre's page or my page, Comedian Mike Rayo. I'm everywhere. Uh, Comedian Mike Rayo, my website. If you want to see where I'm performing, you go to my website, Comedian Mike Rayo, or my Facebook page, and you can see all of that stuff. Plus, I put new content out there, and my funny videos are out there. And how do you spell your name? Mike Rayo, R-A-O, like the spaghetti sauce that... uh, this guy is right. I would have M-I- brought some had I known. M
0: I K E, I assume. Are we <laughs> we just want to
1: in the So remember. What, Mike, yeah,
0: M I K E stuff. He's very, very funny. Uh like, Jerry Garcia hilarious. Uh but he's great and he's yeah. sw- what
1: such a sweet guy, too. Mm-hmm. But uh I've got I cut
0: a really great
1: commercial that I stole from HBO <laughs> for him. <laughs> And uh, for the show, just watch the commercial. You'll buy a ticket. He's hysterical. He, and he's going to have a new and you're going to get to see 15 minutes of new material that he's doing for HBO before he actually does it on HBO. Yeah. So how can you miss that? Yeah. You can watch him on HBO after and go, hey, I saw those jokes. <laughs> Why am I paying for HBO? Right, right exactly. I'm not. Wait, I'm stealing
3: it from the
0: neighbor, like yeah. everybody else. Exactly. But. Yeah. Yeah, I got Dan well,
3: Hornstein's password,
0: as you mentioned. You know, <laughs> I comedy just sh- like them too. It's <laughs> weird. Comedy shows. There's a finite <laughs> level of laughs that can be had. You know, you get tired. Like it's just they get worn out. So if you and Co need anyone in Florida, just let me know. I'll get no laughs. laughs. So I'll leave them all on the field for you guys. Just let me know. <laughs> so, so
1: I got a room. Last thing, I got a room in Corpus Christi. Um, Comics Live, and uh, I, I performed there when it was in Bella Now we built a comedy room, like the old style rooms that me and a million other comedians started in, and like the original improv or Dangerous Fields. They're wide, mm-hmm. narrow, so you can see everybody, they can see you, but the room's dark enough so the attention's on the stage. It is magic. And when I say Jerry was the first act we had in there, as soon as we had him, everybody in LA wanted to come and work their room. Here are the comedians I'm getting. To do have have gotten to do this, uh, Jerry Garcia, of course, Alex Ramundo, one of the original Latin kings of comedy, Chris Kattan from Saturday Night Live, mm-hmm. right? Next month, I've got um, Jeff Allen, the number one clean comic in America, does regularly does you know arena type venues. Mm-hmm. He's doing my little hundred and fifteen seat room. Jeff Allen, mm-hmm. can you believe that on June fourteenth? Uh, we've got Billy D coming down there to do a weekend. We got a guy named Taylor Mason, who, uh, if you haven't seen this guy, if you know who Terry Fader is, the ventriloquist, singing ventriloquist, he's got his own room in Vegas now. He won America's Got Talent of several years ago. Taylor Mason is more talented than him. 18 years on Disney Cruise Lines. So if you're that this summer if you're down to go and take a vacation cuz Corpus to me, San Antonio is a good vacation town, mm-hmm. Corpus is better. There's more things to do there. You got the aquarium, you got the ships, you got museums, you got an amusement park. The Schlitterbahn's closed, but there's still another amusement park there. Um, you got gr- great food and and you have comics live and we're on the south side now, out by all the beaches and everything. You cannot beat Corpus Christi as a vacation town. It to me, it's as every bit as good as going to Disney World or something like that. If you know where to where to stay, mm-hmm. there's all kinds of great resorts and stuff there. Great, great vacation town. And I have the comedy club there in that town, oh, comics nice. live. So look that up and uh, you look at our talent. You won't believe the level. we got Jill Kimmel. Who helped me book her. That's Jimmy Kimmel's sister. She'll be coming. Blame the comic will be there later this summer. Um, every comedian from Houston all the way to LA and New York wants to do this room now because it's fun. Mm-hmm. It's the kind of comedy room that they were the most successful in. Right. So. That's, uh, and it's a great, it's a, it's a magic. Alex Ramundo did two hours on stage. Damn. People were telling him stories. He's the regular opener for Ron White. If you don't know who Alex mm. is, they're best friends. And he would tell stories and people would tell them their stories and people, the audience was crying mm-hmm. at some of these stories. And I'm looking at a John Roman, uh, who's another comic uh, who, who, who works. At, uh, is still working. I think at, at uh, comics live, it's inside a pizza shop which doesn't sound right, but it is. The room is more of a comedy room than a pizza shop. Mm-hmm. So he look, I look at him, I go, what's going on? You never give up the mic, ever. Mm-hmm. And by giving it up, I mean he just put the mic stand so he couldn't reach it. The comedian did, and let just let people talk to him and ask him questions in two hours, and nobody left. And after the show was over, because they usually like to wrap up by 11, mm-hmm. we didn't get out of there until 1 o'clock. Nobody left until at least 12.30. Nobody left. Nobody Everybody was there talking to him and the other comics on the show. It was amazing. It's a magical room. And and I'm, again, I'm trying to plug it. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm trying to say, we need a room like this in Houston. I, I'm, I, I might try to build a room up in the woods. I don't want to compete with the improv because it's corporate. I certainly don't want to compete with the secret group. So I want to put it far enough away, but in a population center. And I want to build a room like this because it, it, we deserve something like this. That it has easy visibility to everybody. Mm-hmm. And we can put comics in there. And they'll do, if you're funny, you do well. If you're not funny, you kind of stand out. Right. There's nowhere to hide. Right. Um, but if you're funny, it's it, this type of environment. It's the reason they built comedy rooms like this, the way that they're physically shaped and lit and sound and everything. And, it, and it's a great formula. And, uh, and it worked. We kind of struck gold there. We have a built in audience every Saturday night. We're working to build up our Friday nights. But we have 40, 50 people that are just going to show up every Saturday, no matter who the comedian is. I want to build a a room like that here. If
0: you really want to test that theory, send me up there. We'll see if anyone comes out. No, (laughs) No, I'll I'll bring it down. Uh, I'll bring it down (laughs) to host or some. This is the
1: other thing we try to do is we try to make sure the host is as strong as the headliner. Mm -hmm. Because I came from New York, and that's how it's done. The weaker comedians go in the middle for their sake more than anything else because if you if you're the host and a comedian eats a bag of dicks right to right. use <laughs> brian biggio's line <laughs> the host like can't Biggio. save them if the host has been doing comedy for three years no right. offense they can't right. they can't save the day but if you got a guy on stage who has been doing comedy for 10 or 20 years and he's the host he can fix anything that goes wrong during right. the show so that the the room is ready for the headliner so we try to run the room that way. We try to make sure everybody has the Disney World. Everything's perfect. They get seated. Their order gets taken on time. The food, of course, it's an Italian guy who's won best Italian chef in Corpus like more years than I can remember. Sal um, uh, Calici, dude, I'm sold. I need to take. Um, oh yeah, weekend. I mean, it's, and it's a great place to have a vacation. It really is. It's just a yeah. wonderful place.
0: I did a show uh, you, you hooked up with uh, Bell when you were doing Bella Luna with rich Williams and yeah, that was my first time seeing rich do a ton of time. And I was like blown away. I had a great time, had a good set, but like rich, I was just like shocked. Like I I mean, he's always been funny, but I've never seen him do that much time. And he's, and a he, structure. Had him, he had him from start to finish. Yeah. Because and you I can- thought that I was like, maybe these people were gonna be a little more tight than the average. Not at all. It was quite the opposite. So oh, I was yeah. like, I was a little bit like, Oh, should I be cursing a lot? Should I do some of my dirtier material? I should have done all the dirtiest material because they were... It it doesn't really matter there.
1: Um, Some of the comedians, for example, Taylor Mason and Jeff Phelan are clean comics. So whoever goes on before them has to be squeaky clean. So what I do is I'll either do it myself or I get a guy who's a TV comic. Mm -hmm. If you're on TV, you know how to work clean because you can't get on TV unless you're clean. You're not going to put
0: Brian Biggio in that spot? Uh, I haven't seen him
1: perform in a while. He's he's smarter than me, so... Uh, he's going to be a better comedian than I am, no matter what. But uh, I don't think he's capable of working clean. No, no, definitely <laughs> no. not. Uh, but that's okay. I yeah. mean, the thing is, is if you're a clean comic, there's a lot more open doors for you. Chad, and Andy no doors are comics. closed for you. That's yeah. the advantage of being clean. Yeah, yeah. you're going to get on TV. We're, we've gone long here.
3: Yeah. Well, thank you very much for coming on, Mike. Thank you for bringing the wine and sharing. It was amazing. Did and, I share it? I yes. can't remember. And thank you for box. the backstory about it and
1: oh it's a lovely vineyard and uh, we're going to do some wine dinners up here so i'll probably announce those with the with this vineyard uh, i'll make anything from it but i'm the comedian that does the comedy during the wine dinner so yeah. cool. i do make money i guess i do get paid for that so yeah. i guess that
3: counts <laughs> well thank you very much mike it was a blast thanks for coming on Appreciate so long it. for now yep thank you everybody It's we'll over. see you all next week Bye. but i got a lot more to say <laughs>
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs>